What's going on, Whisper Nation? It is another Mock Draft Monday here with the Fantasy Whispers, and we are so excited to be joined by Step Mom Lauren here on March 15th. Let's get to it. Right here. No need to wait. We got Step Mom Lauren in the house. Today is a big day. We are very excited. Great to have you with us, Step Mom Lauren. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I feel a little like left out of the facial hair game going on. <laughs> no? Yeah, I did shave yeah. earlier, so yeah. I am clean today. Right. So unfortunately, I'm not in the I'm not in the the, the COVID facial hair crew today. But that that's okay. I Maybe I can that. put my hair like. <laughs> we didn't mean to leave you out. That's on me. I'll take responsibility for that. Leave out. I'll make sure you yeah, get the memo. Full seven days. Shirt on, though. Yeah, yeah. the brand. We love it. <laughs> We <laughs> I like have to like put this mop out of the way first, which I just got cut. You would never know. Well, thank you for joining us so much. And thanks for repping the brand. But before we jump into Whisper Nation and all our own good stuff, I want to give a big shout out to all the incredible work that you're doing and make sure our listeners on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, wherever they're picking us up right now can follow you after the show. And, and I'm sure they're already following you. If you're not, what the heck is wrong with you? But why don't we make it a little bit easier for them? And, and why don't you tell them where they can follow you? Because you're a writer for the Fantasy Footballers. You're a writer for NBC Sports Edge, formerly known as Rotowire, and as well as for the Fantasy Pros. So they can catch you all over the place. What's the best way to stay connected with you, stepmom? I don't even know how to connect to myself. It's very, <laughs> I'm very spread out. No, I'm kidding. You guys can find me on social media at Stepmom Lauren. And it's funny because you were just saying, you know, NBC Sports Edge. Like I have I've taken a, um, a hiatus, if you will, from social media, trying to like, you know, I'm I'm old, so my brain needs to like regrow itself in the off season so I can be recharged and fill in the Swiss cheese holes. But literally it's like Roto World was then NBC Sports Edge. And I'm like, I was gone for like three weeks. What happened? Like, what is going on here? And yeah, so I'm I'm now a writer for well, I'm still a writer. It's see it's, it's confusing. I'm a writer for <laughs> Sports Edge. Fantasy footballers, fantasy pros. You guys can find all of my work. I do post it on my website, which is stepmomlauren.com. I'm don't more responsible. Don't Google it. That's not me, by the way. It's somebody else who's the other one. But the fantasy football is me. Um, yeah. So come find me. Say hi. I am terrible with Instagram. Way more responsive on Twitter. Just a heads up. I thought awesome it was pretty content. funny. It almost got really existential there for stepmom Lauren. She's like, I don't even yeah. know how to connect to myself. I don't, I don't even, even know. know who I am anymore. <laughs> I've, I'm on a find myself mission. And uh, we're glad you found yourself and you found us again. Yeah. I kind of was, Big Travi. I kind of was. Like, I was. I woke up in the morning, like, the second week of January, and I was like, what do I do with myself? And then after the Super Bowl, I woke up. I'm like, is there meaning? Is there meaning to today? I don't know. Maybe maybe the fifth (laughs) pan of banana bread. (laughs) I will find value in that fifth pan of banana bread that I have made this week. That's where I'm at right now. Existential illumination comes to baked goods for me. Yeah, it's one of those things. I I work from home anyway. I have for like 10 years, so I can't use COVID as an excuse for getting nothing done at home or trying to do new projects or whatever it is you want to call it. No, I just drank earlier. (laughs) I love the line I saw somebody said, you notice that uh, people who are always late because of traffic are still late to Zoom meetings. (laughs) (laughs) But we don't want to be any more late for our Whisper Nation mock draft. We're doing a 12-team PPR mock draft here. 90 seconds per pick. No no defense, no kickers. Uh, We got all 12 slots filled up here. 
Um, if you are joining us here uh, on YouTube or Facebook or uh, through Twitter, um, make sure you like and follow the channel so you can catch the sleeper rooms that we drop every week so you can live draft along with us. But if you didn't get a slot this time, it's okay. Follow us along in the chat. Keep up to date. We were going to be answering all the questions. Um, so join and uh, draft along with us. And be sure to like and follow so you can actually draft along with us next week. But Johnny, is there anything we're waiting on or can we go ahead and get this bad boy started? No, let's go. I'm I'm excited. Everyone here is for stepmom Warren. Uh, we got a lot of people commenting. They're excited she's back. Easy jumping in, easy daddy jumping in, right? And Thanks I for joining everybody. I will say these these spots are getting harder and harder to come by as far as uh you know Whisper Nation getting in because we're 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 pumping out these every Monday. And people are quick with their with their trigger fingers on, on getting in this mock draft. I almost yeah. didn't even get in this mock draft. Thank you, Austin, for giving up your spot. <laughs> you are welcome. Yeah, that's the truth. We've had to make some creative flip arounds to make it all fit, which is a cool problem to be dealing with. Yeah, as it's, a, it's a good problem to have. As, as, as if you wouldn't have a spot. Come on. <laughs> we will make we will always make sure we do that for we do that for family. It's what we here are doing is building a community where folks feel like they belong, and that's the coolest part of fantasy football. We love it so much. Um, but I want to ask, draft started here, and Travis the first one on the clock. We've been asking our panels, our guest hosts, um, if you will, who they're slotting in the first couple of picks right now. It's a new year upcoming, and it doesn't. We've gotten a lot of different answers. Christian McCaffrey pops to the top a lot, but Dalvin Cook seems like maybe a safer bet. Um, what are your thoughts right now as the early round selection stepmom order? You can skip me until you get to the 107. I'm not going to give away my strategy on who I want to make. What are you talking about? People are watching and listening. <laughs> I shall. I shan't. The com- the always competitive stepmom Lauren, even right. in an early mock draft, is not giving up an inch here. No way. Dude, I have to share the one thing I heard Joe Kim Noah like a decade ago in a press conference. They were asking him about an upcoming game, and they're like, What's your strategy for interior defense? You know, this against this matchup is going to be a tough matchup. What are you What are you planning on doing in the paint? And he's like, um, "That's called strategy." <laughs> Why would I tell you? One hundred and one off the board should be Alvin Kamara to 100%. answer your question. It well, is. I like that one. That's Drew so. Yeah, I, he fell to me. Yeah, for sure. He fell to me in what the one hundred and six. I'll take that all day long. It's just there's been. It's an interesting question that you do bring up, though, Austin, is because after the COVID year, and it was a, like all the first round draft picks in the first like four rounds busted because of injury. And I mean, mm-hmm. Chris McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah. So now it's it's like being existential again and being like, what is the meaning of first rounds? Like you know, it's mm-hmm. just, it was hard. It was so. I wonder how many people are going to be gun shy. Where are these guys going to go? How are they going to fall? Do you want to pull the trigger? When is too too expensive? When is a really good value? Who knows? Mm-hmm. But. This is a great, great point, and I, it's, a, it's a takeaway that I was starting to play around with last season when you talk of the value of a first-rounder, and I'm wondering, for you, does their potential backup, that handcuff, mean anything more for a first-round selection than it does for your other picks? My thinking was if you're going to insurance policy one player, your first-rounder is your most expensive buy, and if you had an insurance policy on one player on your entire roster, that would arguably be the one you'd want to have backed up. Should that be something people consider when they make their selection of who would be a cheap 
but effective handcuff, God forbid something happened to my first round pick, or is that too much thinking and you should really just go for that player's individual upside? You know, I think it's going to be what you're most comfortable with because the last thing you ever want to do when you're drafting is go with a strategy that you don't believe in. So mm. if, if that is where you want to go with, go for it. I mean, it's your team. It's your team. It's your choices. And it's what you feel the best with. So whichever way you feel the most comfortable taking your team, I think is going to be the best option for you. And don't forget, there's also trades. So don't forget to use that leverage to your advantage as well. For me personally, um, I'm not so much worried about getting specific insurance policies on players on the same team as I would be maybe last year because of I, I guess I guess I actually don't know the answer to that question because I want to mm. see what happens with OTAs training camps preseason and things of that nature I think it's going to be different this year for obvious reasons but we'll see how different I think is going to be the question okay. and now I'm up next and I don't know what to do oh my and I love that take and while you're figuring out what to do and we talked about the Ooh. changes coming up ahead I wanted to ask big Travi about our boy Aaron Jones and the Green Bay Packers off of that four-year deal. He just signed, inked up for $48 million total in the deal. How are you feeling about Aaron Jones's fantasy outlook for this upcoming season, the impact that he's going to have for the Packers, and what does that mean for A.J. Dillon, Big Travis? Well, uh, the news broke yesterday. I was having some brunch, so maybe it was the chocolate chip pancakes. Maybe it was, you know, the mimosa, but it was, or maybe it was just the fact that this was like a team friendly deal. I was jacked on this. I had no thought in my head. I mean, we talked about it for weeks now, uh, Austin. You talked that we talked to Alex Strofe, who works in Wisconsin. The money, the Jamal Williams podcast. Yeah, did the money didn't seem to be there for Jones? It did. They didn't think they were going to be able to make that deal happen. Miami was getting into the rumors. All of these things that were swirling around Aaron Jones. And then, boom, team-friendly deal. He still gets a decent amount of money. A $13 million signing bonus was included in that. So I think it worked for both sides. Clearly, Aaron Jones wanted to stay a Packer. If you look at uh, Aaron Rodgers' comments after uh, the loss to Tampa Bay, he was very existential, to use our word of the day. Yeah. He's talking about people's uh, you know, contract situations and how he didn't know if he was going to play with Aaron Jones ever again because of that. Well, Aaron Jones is back, and if you look at what makes our offense click, ours talking about the Packers, is the fact that we have such a good, uh, diverse running game, and Aaron Jones is a huge part of that, the you know the biggest reason. So I think yeah. it's huge, and, and good on Johnny to take him there. You know That's probably where he belongs, back of the first, beginning of the second, as a guy that is probably a shoe-in if he stays healthy, or you know is a shoe-in to, to be an RB1 if he stays healthy. My, I love all those takes, Travi. And before we move on from the Green Bay backfield conversation – I'm just wondering, I feel like Aaron Jones' ceiling is not going to be higher than it has been. Last year, we had a little bit of a pause. You and I both, you and I both were admittedly a little shy on Aaron Jones, thinking that it was going to be more of an even split in this Matt LaFleur system, evening up the running back handoffs a little bit more. Um, but we saw Aaron Jones' talent really shine through, and you and I have called him a Kamara Light. He's just really an exceptional type running back. But A.J. Dillon is no slouch either. And I love Jamal Williams and how smart and effective he is with the ball. Dude hasn't fumbled like since kindergarten. But he's <laughs> not a great running back in terms of elusiveness and, and, and to, to make some highlight plays. A.J. Dillon, on the other hand, is, could be the second coming of Derrick Henry, at least from a size and a metric standpoint. And you expect in second year A.J. Dillon to be making more of an impact. This, this, there's no way this can up – Aaron Jones's ceiling, can it? Well, Jamal Williams being gone could give him some more volume. I don't think it'll give him too much more volume. Jamal Williams is more of a spell. We'll see what they end up doing with AJ Dillon too this year and, and the the split. Um, 
I don't think it ups his ceiling, especially because we're talking about probably bringing in a wide receiver. Johnny and I were talking off air that the Packers are actually in talks with plenty of free agent wide receivers right now. Um, they're just trying to see how the market gets set first, you know, depending on who gets the biggest deal and then yeah. how the dominoes fall. So if another wide receiver comes in, you could see some receiving work being taken. So, yeah, I could see the argument for his ceiling just being the same and not and not being any higher. But I, I still love the offense and, and it's led by Aaron Rodgers, which means opportunity opportunities will be plentiful. You know, it's kind of like this thing got. we've 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 talked about this early on in Devonte Adams career. You know, oh, he, does he score too many touchdowns? Is that can you bank on that? Well, when you have Aaron Rodgers throwing you the ball, who loves to throw you touchdowns, like, yeah, you can bank on some of that touchdown productivity to continue. And I think it's very similar with Aaron Jones. Oh, he scored a lot of touchdowns. You know, is that is the bottom going to fall out on that? Well, not if Aaron Rodgers is leading your offense. You know, right. that's I think you're going to be okay. Great points there. And we're going to do a run back here as stepmom Lauren is getting ready to make her third round selection. I want to run it back for our audio only listeners right now. We had Christian McCaffrey start at the 101 spot, followed by Jonathan Taylor, Dalvin Cook, Saquon Barkley, Devontae Adams, first wide receiver off the board, Alvin Kamara at the sixth spot, Tyreek Hill gone, followed by Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, Ezekiel Elliott, DK Metcalf, and Aaron Jones to close the first. Second round started off with DeAndre Hopkins, followed by Josh Jacobs, Stefan Diggs, Travis Kelsey, James Robinson, Antonio Gibson, Austin Eckler, love that name, Patrick Mahomes, Cam Aker, A.J. Brown, DeAndre Swift, Clyde Edwards, Elaire. Third round began with Michael Thomas, followed by Justin Jefferson, Joe Mixon, J.K. Dobbins. Miles Sanders is gone. Stepmom Lauren takes her first wide receiver with Mike Evans. And Calvin Ridley gone and George Kittle then by Jacob Blay, the number one fan. I wanted to ask Stepmom Lauren, I like this little stack you got here going with some, not gadget feels like a disrespect, but some really nimble, um, athletic, explosive running backs here with Alvin Kamara and Austin Eckler. And then Mike Evans as your stack. You want to walk us through a little bit of what you were thinking with these guys and what uh, led you to pull the trigger on the players that you did select here through the first three. Yeah, so I didn't think that Austin Eckler was going to fall any any further than where he was already at. I was not going to be able to get him at the 306. So I did, in some opinion, possibly reached a little bit. But Austin Eckler is awesome. And I absolutely love that offense this year, especially with Justin Herbert. I mm. want as many pieces as I can. I don't feel like that's too expensive at the 206 at all. Alvin Kamara is a no-brainer for me. He is should be the 101 off the board, in my opinion. Um, and then Mike Evans is one of those – elite wide receivers that I was kind of surprised was still available in the middle of the third. So if this is how my team starts looking in real draft time and come August, I'm going to be happy as a clam. This is freaking awesome. (laughs) It's it's pretty wild because I almost, I was looking at Austin Eckler at the two, two Oh one spot to pair with Aaron Jones. I Mm. really like Eckler uh, going into this next year, but I, I also like those other running backs, but Bringing up Mike Evans' name again, um, second week in a row where I got him last weekend around the same spot uh, in that third round, and I'm I think he's a tremendous value uh, at wide receiver right now, and I think you're going to continue to see that for the next couple of months at least. Like people don't realize just how good he is and how good he has been. Um, I'm I think that that's an absolute steal. I would be taking Mike Evans all day long. If he's in the and midway through the third round, absolutely. Yeah, Mike Evans is like just getting faded, even though he holds a record for never having a sub thousand yard season. Mike Evans to me is like the most disrespected superstar wide receiver I've ever seen. He is 
He, he is the unquestioned number one on his team. Yeah, Chris Godwin is there and eats in, but Mike Evans never slouches. It's just other dudes are performing at a high clip. And he's like, great, let's go win football games. But the man is six foot five. He's 27 years old, still three years away from 30, and a wide receiver can perform at their elite levels a couple years into their 30s anyways. He's tall, he's big, he's never had under 1,000 yards. Tom Brady said he wants to make him a living legend. Like, what are we missing here with Mike Evans? To me, this he should almost be back in, the, in that top wide receiver conversation, but lucky for you. Yeah, and there, there, I know that there were some times uh, for Mike Evans this past year that were really frustrating when it yeah. comes to the fantasy manager's perspective because his his finishing stat line would be like two receptions for twelve yards, but he got two touchdowns. Yeah, you know, so it's like, oh my god, <laughs> score a touchdown! Otherwise, you have a terrible stat line at the end of your game. So I think that may play into it a little bit. But he's that big playability guy. I'd rather have him than be a manager for a team playing against him great point and while we got you that my lord i do want to get to pick your brain as much as we can here on what your general kind of strategy is here for a 12 team ppr is there a specific oh we got ryan weesey's comment up here on the thread real quick had every intention of jumping in and making lauren look bad but i was too slow lol just kidding lauren is the only person i trust more than myself in this industry and that's we are all in agreement there and very excited to have her on the show here. My favorite part of Mike Evans is Sorry. his willingness to fight the entire other team at a moment's notice. That dude plays that guy, that guy right here is a football player. He's got passion. That's for sure. As we like to say. But I know Stepmom Lauren here is making her fourth round selection. She yeah. was Mark Andrews. And I did you want to ask that look on my face. I was like, yeah. that's right when that time. And I was like, oh, oh. where does that where, why does that why does that face come in? You obviously had more guys you were considering but you went yeah. with the stinky face mark andrews yeah I, it's not it's not stinky face for mark andrews as these boys know i love mark yes. andrews. despite his down year last year it was can i possibly wait one more round i don't oh. think that i can when it comes to the tight end landscape as we all know this is kind of almost overset at this point it's a dumpster fire so they're either really really good or you stream them so i want to be able to have on my team a tight end that i know i can just plug in may not be as uh, productive if you will as travis kelsey because let's face it nobody is but i would rather have mark andrews um as my tight end even though i do feel like i reached for him a little bit but mm. now i can focus on some other areas of my team and not worry about it too much and to you view Mark Andrews then as a positional advantage, he is maybe that last level of maybe like the one B categories of tight ends for you. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think so. I don't know. He, he has the ability to be so incredibly explosive. Um, and it's also going to depend on what kind of wide receivers that they end up picking up. But I well, love you see the, you I see believe the rumor that. that came out just to like a couple hours ago that the Jags and the Ravens are close to a deal that would send DJ Chark and a draft pick to Baltimore for tackle Orlando Brown. Jaguars looking for protection for their future franchise QB, and Baltimore gets Lamar Jackson, alpha wide receiver. I like it, and I like it for uh, Mark Andrews even better 
I hate this. I hate this so much. Why? You love DJ Chark. No, I no, I I love DJ Chark. I love Mark Andrews. I even think uh, Marquise Brown is a good wide receiver. Don't love Lamar. I don't like Lamar Jackson as a quarterback. The dude's not a quarterback. He's a running back, and you can't like the dude does not throw over four hundred times. And you have the weapons to do so, and it's going to be frustrating. And I can already see it because he has all these weapons. And he's just not accurate enough. And this is when I need my snacks because I see Travis's face right now and I'm just going to. Well, I mean, here's the thing, Johnny. Like, <laughs> it's just like he improved every year as a passer until last year. So going back to Louisville, he improved every year as a passer. Then in the NFL, he improved after the eight game starter uh, rookie year. Then he went in and improved as a passer, won MVP. And last year, yeah, he started very slow, but he picked up pretty like ever since the you know infamous poop game, he picked up his play and was a better fantasy quarterback and a better all around quarterback. And if you get him another weapon, I just don't know how we can't say that he couldn't get there. I just don't want to get into the business of doubting Lamar Jackson. Jackson, a yeah. guy that talented. I just think you're going to end up wanting to eat a lot of crow when you say he's not going to do it. Do I think I want to draft him as early as people are drafting him? No. You know, did I want to draft him that early last year? No, especially mm-hmm. not after an MVP year. But to doubt that he could make it work with Baltimore, I think is a little bit of fool's uh, fool's errand there because I just think that guy is so talented. I'm not saying he's not going to be a good fantasy quarterback because he gets a lot of rushing yards. But well, when you're when you're only throwing the ball less than 425 times that is so incredibly difficult to be to have fantasy relevant pieces around you because that there's just not enough there's not enough pie and and pieces to go around to make all these other pieces relevant and that's my worry is that he is not going to you have to be so efficient at passing and and I will give it to him. Have we seen it before from him? Yeah, we did. We saw it two years ago when he was an MVP level type player. And that's my concern is he has to get to that MVP type level and that's and repeat it again. But nobody and, nobody's saying that he has to get to MVP level to make DJ Shark or Mark or Mark Andrews and both uh, fantasy relevant. I think that's the question we're getting at. Like you're you're saying that the DJ Shark trade there is so gross based on the you know, um, sample size that we've seen with Marquise Brown, who is not an alpha wide receiver. Like, let's just call it what it is. He's not a guy that's going to be an X wide receiver. You get a DJ shark in, you get, uh, you know, Marquise Brown. And now these guys are complimenting each other. And to Lauren's point, you know, then Mark Andrews is freed up in the middle of the field as well. So I think this actually could be something that is good for, you know, the entire family. It makes me uh, feel a lot better about taking Mark Andrews in the fourth round. (laughs) (laughs) You want the crystal ball was going there. Do you want to take... Honestly, like, and here's we're talking about this, just kind of the juxtaposition of your opinion on a specific, not your specific, but anyone's opinion about a fantasy relevant quarterback. Um, Would you rather have Lamar Jackson, not as your fantasy starting quarterback, but Lamar Jackson throwing the ball to pieces that you have or someone like Cam Newton? I would rather have pieces on a Lamar Jackson. I rather, than I would no, for sure. Ball. But I rather have Trevor Lawrence throwing the ball to DJ Chark than Lamar Jackson throwing the ball because I know one's going to be way more accurate than the other. If I was a Just, DJ Chark roster, I would rather have Trevor Lawrence. And I think yeah. it's 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 for Lamar Jackson. He's going to do whatever it takes to win the football game, as is John Harbaugh going to do whatever mm-hmm. it takes to win the football game which is probably just going to mean pass catching options are somewhat not as reliable for the tenure of John Harbaugh and for Lamar Jackson. I mean, just have John Harbaugh. When was the last time John Harbaugh had a reliable wide receiver, Steve Smith? 
Was it over there? And it was. And I like, mean, Bolden was there for a little yeah, while too. He had really I mean, statuesque quarterback yeah. with Flacco and. Take a guess there. at take a guess at how many times Lamar Jackson threw over 200 passing yards. Which, by the way, 200 passing yards was what Josh Rosen a- averaged. Just for a reference, five five games. No, it is. It, you can't just say who cares because it is. You, you definitely care because the passing yards are what give your fantasy options and players the ability to reach their potential. If, I guess for the options, why. if we're analyzing the options, if we're looking at DJ Chark potentially or, or Mark Andrews going over there, but from a Lamar Jackson perspective, he's probably going to – his floor is his floor and his ceiling is number one quarterback. But is That's his number right. one quarterback – I, I'm not I'm not disagreeing with the fact that he could be the number one quarterback, but it's because of his legs that that you would say that of course. that that's why he's getting there. And the slot I have, that I mean, he is their starting quarterback and they expect to be in the playoffs. So Lamar Jackson's going to do whatever he has to do right. to win enough football games. And maybe they're going to push him to a level where he's not ready to handle it yet. But I'll never forget the shirt Lamar Jackson where nobody cares work harder. Like this dude, just he's just going to keep developing. So to Travis's point, like I'm not, I'm not going to be betting against Lamar Jackson. I'm not a big fan of Crow, so I just try not to put those bets. Well, another thing too to consider as well is where is DJ Chark going? I mean, right now on the board yet. So you're looking at a, a question of value when it comes to the wide receiver position. And if being on a Baltimore Raven is going to, in the perceived thought of people I'm playing against, drop DJ Chark down the board, I'm going to scoop him up then where his value is at its best. So it, as my wide receiver one, do I love it? No, I, I would right. rather have a little bit more consistent or the opportunity for more consistency on the board. But if he's my wide receiver three, yeah, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. great with that. I'm a hundred percent. Okay. With that. Yeah. To stem on Lauren's point. It's like he right now is, he, I mean, he finished in the top or out just 48, I think was the wide receiver, right? Last year. So like he wasn't going to be drafted very high as it is the Baltimore news to Johnny's point is probably going to hurt even more. So like, then you've, you've got a situation where like, he's already going to be a natural setup for positive regression this year. So like, what, where's the value that we're going to get for him now? So, I mean, I think it's going to be a good pick. I just think that the ceiling go lowers significantly without Trevor Lawrence throwing sure. in the ball. But I disagree. That's the only I unfortunate draft for, for redraft. I disagree. I think in dynasty, it does hurt him long term, but I would much rather have a proven piece on offense at quarterback throwing him the football than Trevor Lawrence coming into kind of a dismantled organization where they're trying to get pieces around him so he doesn't die like Joe Burrow nearly did. Sorry, I'm going to take him on Ravens as opposed to on the on the Jags. I like that take. That's yeah. good. That's uh, appreciate that one here. And just I redraft, though. Dynasty just in redraft though, just in redraft though, point noted. Um, we am going to run back the rest of the names that we've gotten to up until this point while Johnny is closing out our fifth round. We left off in the third with stepmom Lauren's Mike Evans selection. We like that one. Calvin Ridley followed. And then George Kittle went gone. Julio Jones, Najee Harris, first rookie off the board by the FD therapist, Lamar Jackson and Allen Robinson there to close out the third. We saw the fourth begin with David Montgomery, Keenan Allen, Darren Waller, Jamar Chase, DJ Moore, Amari Cooper, Mark Andrews. There he is. Chris Godwin, Kenny Galladay, Robert Woods, T Higgins, and Adam Thielen to close out the fourth. We saw the fifth round begin with Josh Allen, followed by CD lamb, Terry McLaren, Cooper cup, Kenyon Drake, Chris Carson was taken in the fifth by stepmom Lauren, Melvin Gordon to follow Juju Smith, Schuster, Kareem hunt, miles Gaskin, Todd Gurley and Johnny here is making his selection in the fifth. 
Stepmom Lauren, you grabbed Chris Carson there in the fifth. What are your thoughts on him? What are your thoughts on the Seattle running back? It was kind of like, oh, um, I already have my running backs, but I'm going to take him so no one else can have him. He'll be my RB3. Why not? There we go. <laughs> There we go. It was good value. I think that mm -hmm. it was a good place to take him to. Another thing that I've noticed as well, which, you know, some people may know if you're new to fantasy, this may be a whole new thing for you, but it's a lot easier to find value at wide receiver in the later rounds than it is mm -hmm. for running backs. It's just, it's just how the position works. And in fantasy, mm -hmm. I would, I want to scoop up all those talented running backs, obviously in case of injury, but so that nobody else has a chance to have them either. Plus it's a leverage piece for when we're actually playing real fantasy football and you need someone to trade, which is always a good thing to have. So I wasn't going to let him stay on there. There also wasn't another player that was screaming at me to say, draft me now, otherwise I'm I'm going to fall. So yep. if those if the, the tier of players that were available where he was taken, if they don't fall down to the next round, I'm okay with that. There wasn't anybody that I was like, oh my God, I must have them that I don't think is going to be available to me next round. Mm. I like to take one of the things we had talked a lot about was explosive opportunity, not just volume, but explosive volume. And I love the Chris Carson pick because while there's some indecision, he's he kind of gets a little bit of disrespect, but the dude is such a hard runner who's he's still 26 as well. Yeah, he's consistent. He fights hard. And even if he's not with Seattle, if he ends up being somewhere else or he stays with Seattle, I just love what he could be about. He's, it seems like he do a lot of teams a lot of good. There's some good spots too that like, I mean, I always say this every week, but like Atlanta, like you look at if Atlanta got any of these kind of like decent running backs, uh, one of the rookies, something like that, like Aaron Jones would have been a good land for Atlanta. There's there just rumors all Kenyon Drake could land in Atlanta, which would that I don't know if I like as much, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I, think, I, would, wow, dude. I would prefer Chris Carson to uh, Kenyon Drake, but yeah, I, I could understand how that would be good opportunity alone. I mean, you look at Devonta Freeman two years ago and you were just like, he was disgusting, but he was getting so much opportunity. So like it was kind of worth it at that point. So yeah, um, I, I think Atlanta is a good landing spot. Speaking of the switch around teams, what teams do you see or players making a massive benefit if they, if they did just have one switch that occurred like if atlanta did get a legitimate running back does that all of a sudden improve matt ryan's chances i think we're going to see a lot of free agent movement coming up here and um i'm interested from everybody but most interested to hear what stepmom lauren has to say if there are any um specific moves that you're just like oh my god if jacksonville you know if trevor lawrence did work out or if the packers got a second wide receiver that would really change things around is there any free agent hopeful things that you're keeping in mind from a fantasy perspective stepmom no no i learned the hard way never get your hopes up it will be bad you will you... be upset there will be tears and crying and lamenting so i just wait until it all unfolds and then i react so there's mm. some places where i think mm. would be interesting like yeah. i wouldn't mind seeing Juju smith schuster in miami that'd be That'd be super fun. Or in Green Bay, that would also be super fun. What team really needs a slot receiver is really the whole point of Juju Smith-Schuster. I'm very curious to see where he's going to go. Um, no! Dang you, Mark Shue. <clears throat> he took my Odell Beckham Jr. pick. There's some, well, some really good picks in this one. Like Raheem you know what? Oscar, I'm doing it. DJ Chark. Yeah, there he is. Wow. Yeah, he's wow. Mine. 
And you are we hoping, put- though, for the trade. I know we're not really hoping, but if DJ Chark landed in Baltimore with proven quarterback Lamar Jackson over incoming rookie future boss Trevor Lawrence, right? That's that's good for you, right? Or at least you prefer it. I'm happy. Yeah. Also, so Mark Shu. Hey, what's it, funny is <laughs> hold on, just a <clears throat> Mark Shu, twenty-seven minutes ago, said, "I feel so honored to be sniped by stepmom Lauren every other round." So I think oh, he was just trying to get you back oh here by sniping OBJ off you. Mark, well yeah. played, well played, my friend. We are snipey yeah. go snipey. I love it. I love that. Just real quick, going back to DJ Chark as well. Yeah. I feel like he's he's kind of quarterback proof. I'd have to go back and look at the numbers to really like make my argument for it. But I feel like he can be pretty productive regardless who is in at QB. I think he had to do that for with Jacksonville between Minshew and I don't know who else was it. Jake Luton. Luton. Well, Luton came in and threw him like a 70-yard dime right off the bat. <laughs> Like, yeah, was, and I, I think he can be—he's like a Terry McLaurin or like a Logan Thomas for you know Washington football team that had a revolving doors of people under center. Mm-hmm. I think that he can really get it done. So I'm not necessarily too worried for DJ Chark for that respect going to a new team at all, let alone someone like Lamar Jackson. So I'm not worried about DJ Chark as much, but we'll see. I like him, so I took him. How about that? I love his talent. I love DJ Shark's talent. And the other thing here now to talk about, well, if this happens, is now LaVisca Chenault, even before, to me, was a very interesting late-round sleeper. And now he would be put at the very top of my sleeper list for late-round guys if he's going to be the alpha uh, number one for the Jags. I just had an outrageous deja vu, Johnny. Like, outrageous. (laughs) I just oh, love Stepmom Lauren's, Step Lauren's energy today. She's like yeah. trying to find herself. She got Deja Vu working. Outrageous no. Deja Vu is my favorite album in 2021. I just <laughs> love that one. That one just hit so good. Outrageous Deja Vu. That thing, just banger after banger, man. It was just like, oh, so good. It's Outrageous so good. Vu. Literally, you sang LaVisca Chenault, late round sleeper or something. I was like, I've had this conversation before. Jesus, well, real. Johnny's said it a million times, so I'm sure that's probably it. It's just you know reiterated. Like in literally, your brain. I was, and I, I can, I can smell. I have corned beef boiling in the pot right now. <laughs> oh, in preparation for St. Patrick's Day, which I know is on Wednesday, but my brother's in town, so I'm having dinner with him and his nice. wife. So I was like, let's do an early corned beef and cabbage and veggie dinner. So I'm smelling that, and you saying Lavisca Chenault. I'm like, I have done this before. <laughs> I love that. That's so weird. And great. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to ask you, we've been asking our panel and our guest hosts when they come on of second year players, both from the running back and the wide receiver angle. Um, what are some, we'll start with the wide receiver ones first. Who is your favorite second year wide receiver coming in from a fantasy football perspective? We just saw Brandon Ayuk taken off the board. That's my personal favorite on a second year level. I just love the style points. But, you know, Justin Jefferson was incredible. Um, so many guys. We have we have sleepers still like Rieger, who a lot of folks have said they're still excited to see what he's about. Folks, C.D. Lamb, they think he's the best prospect we've seen despite having Gallup and Cooper ahead of him. They're most excited about him. Um T. Higgins has been a popular name as well. Just such a talented class last year. Who are you looking forward to to their sophomore season 
the most or who comes to mind step well, up? You've actually named three of them. It's Brandon Ayuk for sure. I love Brandon Ayuk. Just I absolutely adore him. Um, T. Higgins is another one. I am very curious to see what he does. Um, Jerry Judy is someone that I mm. really want to see him because Corlin Sutton should be healthy this year. Um, who's my next draft pick? So whoever's in front of me, if you really want to be mean, you can take Corlin Sutton from me. That's He's fine. He's gone. Oh, is he gone already? Okay. Yeah, yeah. he went oh, too after was, you. I was hoping I could get him at well, the seven end. Seconds yeah. from me, congratulations. I love Cortland Sutton. But I think having those two wide receivers available for Drew Locke or whoever's in a quarterback um, is going to be stretching the field out just a little bit more than they had last year. So I'm, I'm curious to see what kind of steps Jerry Judy can take. Mm. Jerry Judy, that was Ryan's take last week, wasn't it? I think it was. My Ryan Weiss, who also yeah. said that Mark Andrews is dead to him. You cannot let yeah. 2020 <laughs> come in between – no, I, I won't hear it. I will not hear it. We will fight next time we Zoom call. A virtual <laughs> fight. And how about he knows running? how much I love Mark Andrews. I cannot quit him, and I don't even care. I'm gonna hold. I'm gonna write a whole article for the Ballers, and I'm gonna specifically bring up your name about how I'm forced to do this so that people do not lose their faith in Mark Andrews. And who knows? Maybe by the end of it, I'll be like, he's dead to me too. That happens. You guys are both time. gonna have these like political campaigns against each other. Like no. Mark Andrews is <laughs> not who you should draft. Greg <laughs> <laughs> Reese is one of my favorite people of all time, and I'm very, very oh, lucky and honored. Amazing a fellow writer with him for the fantasy footballers. Also uh, work he does over at club fantasy is really fantastic too. So um, he was well aware of my love for Mark Andrews. Like I think it was two years ago. So he reiterated it last year and then it really disappointed him in 2020. I'm Friend sorry. Ryan. Show, Mark Don't Andrews. lose faith. Don't yeah. lose faith. I love Mark Andrews. Six foot five, age 25. He had five games of double digit points last year. If you can just He's get that hot. percentage up. He's a sexy man. He's tall. He's got this double. You can talk about the facial well, hair. Talk about his stats. He's six five. What's his waistline? I mean, come on, let's go. The hair on the top forms this cool shape. Yeah, no, it's all good. I think it's really cool that he manages his diabetes and manages to yes. be a professional athlete. It's pretty cool. Voice uh, is giving a that. shout out to the guy pressing the buttons, showing that. So that's it. Oh, yeah, it's my cool. turn. Oh my god, what do I do? What well, do we do? Got Thirty seconds. I'll figure it out. Don't judge me, Dad. <laughs> yeah. yeah johnny with the bde the big dad energy today the tenth. i'm not gonna lie i am very much why not interested in all the news that's in the oh that was too early forming and dropping and the rumors and i'm a rumor mill guy and so seeing all these rumor potential and like people just what rumor mills got you going right now, man? What's the top? What's the top of the Johnny radar here? I'm gonna take a guess. Lamar Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not going anywhere. He's he's stuck in uh, Baltimore. So uh, no, I, I'm really intrigued to see Will Fuller uh, where he lands. I really, 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 really hope he either lands with uh, the Green Bay Packers or a sleeper team, my Arizona Cardinals. Uh, and that would be amazing if we were somehow able to get uh, Will Fuller and pair up Will Fuller with Hopkins. So definitely looking at that. And then the other one is like Kenny G. Where's Kenny G going to go? No. Oh, my gosh. So there are rumors that uh, Kenny G could be replacing uh, Allen or uh, could be replacing DJ Chark. And that's why they're willing to move him. And so things are getting interesting. I love all of this speculation. That feels like a good shift over there like yeah i could use of where he's at um i did want to round out these sophomore conversations here stepmom we saw you take russell wilson 
the end of this quarterback we run picked there. Up way too early, by the way, people. This is what happens when you don't pay attention to a draft, which I did not. I had my screen scrolled all the way down. I'm like, oh my God, I'm in like the 10th round. I can take Russell Wilson. Way too early. Way too early to take a quarterback for me. But since I drafted him, I drafted him. Seventh, I guess, is okay. I just I think this is a great pick. I, 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 love, love, I don't love it. There's there's other quarterbacks I'm happy to wait on later. Like Ryan Tannehill's a really good one. Uh, Matthew Stafford, if he isn't taken already, um, with the Rams, which besmirches myself to How take a like, player, but I'll do it anyway. What are your thoughts on stacking up multiple QBs in a draft? I mean, you didn't take a, an early round one, but you took that second tier in a Russell Wilson, who I give you kudos for because you grabbed him after Dak Prescott was off the board, after Deshaun Watson was mm-hmm. gone. Kyler Murray and Josh Allen were taking two rounds ahead. So – I think Russell Wilson is appropriate in that category, despite his second half finish last year, all the years stacking up before that. We know what he's capable of, and he's got a good host of weapons there. Um, but are you – who? which second-year running back? You mentioned a really great list of wide receivers. This year with the running backs, we've got some really interesting names. We've got J.K. Dobbins, Cam Akers, C.E.H., James Robinson. Uh, it's a pretty stacked list. Which second-year running back are you looking forward to the most and targeting in your drafts? Oh, I would be happy with a lot of names if I got them in my draft. I am not uh, – like, there's no one that I, I'm avoiding. Yeah. Um, the one I'm, I'm curious to see how he's going to be used in his second year is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I'm wondering if his workload is going to change, what is going to go on with that offense. So he's the one I'm going to be more focused on from an analyst perspective. Um, from a fantasy manager perspective, I am all in on someone like Cam Akers or Jane Robinson. Um, J.K. Dobbins, I'm still – out of the Baltimore Ravens backfield. Mm. I, I don't like it. I, I It's too tricky for me, and I can't say with certainty if they're going to be a bell cow or not. So any one of those running backs that is going to have a solidified role in 2021, sign me up. <laughs> I like that one. And John Harbaugh just never given us a real reason to think he wants to employ a bell cow back. No, because what he does is he's like, oh, J.K. Dobbins, time to shine. And then, like, who scores eight touchdowns is the Gus bus. And, like, this is awful. Do you know how difficult this is, John Harbaugh, to do my job when you are like this? <laughs> Maybe we should just sit John Harbaugh down. Maybe he doesn't how know. How can I give advice? How can I, do, how can I do this for the people when he is so obstinate? We'll get him a Tito Mojito, and we'll get it going, and we'll. Oh, we'll I will get him it. liquored up and drink him under the table. That's not the question. Yeah, my money, my money would definitely be on stepmom Lauren in that, and that, which uh, is really sad. <laughs> like, <but laughs> slightly proud. <laughs> I know, but Jarbo's gone through some stuff, though. I wouldn't underestimate what tools he's had to pull out of of the drawer underneath. You know, to just to get through some of the things that he's had to do. So that would be an. I would like to see that. I guess he's fine. Ugh, I'm just staying away <laughs> from the Ravens backfield. <laughs> we got Jake 1079 in the chat. Welcome. Thanks to everyone in Whisper Nation again. Make sure you've liked and subscribed, and throw us your comments up here. We'll be sure to get to all of them and pop a lot of them up here on screen. He asked, "What do you guys think about Jonu Smith in New England? I have him in a dynasty league." Uh, Travis, you had talked a lot about Jonu Smith. We've all talked about the talent of him. We know how successful tight ends in New England had been when quarterback Tom Brady was present. He's not. Does it matter anymore? Is a tight end, is a, is a dominant tight end in New England mean anything? 
at this I have point. To quote, uh, I have to quote the great Patches O'Houlihan from Dodgeball and say that's about as useful as a poopy-flavored lollipop. Uh, I'm not excited about Jonu Smith going to New England at all. Um, I wish, you know, it, had it be with a Tom Brady or something, then I could understand what the volume for a tight end means in an old New England offense. I'd be excited. But unfortunately, I was more excited to see what Jonu could do with another year in Tennessee because um, he, he started so well last year and then trailed off at the end. I would have loved to see what he could do with Tannehill, but I just can't trust the quarterback situation enough to get excited about Jonu Smith. So Jake's, uh, yeah, if Jake can sell him on the excitement to New England, I don't even know if that exists. Um, if he can try to sell him in Dynasty, I would. I, I just don't. I think you could probably draft a, a tight end that might have more upside. Um, you know, maybe you can, I, I don't know, some sort of deal for a Cole Komet or something, somebody with a little mm. more excitement uh, that's coming into their, their next year so. Unfortunate. Yeah. Wait, you, you, you're you're telling me a guy yeah. that has improved his passing completion every single year of his career. Is this a weird Lamar Jackson him. draft? No, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. just. I'm Who just, are you I'm talking about? I'm joking. <laughs> yes, no, I am. Oh, I, I agree. This is absolutely. Travis and I talked about like, this before the show. Who were you watching last year? Because <laughs> yeah. I, no. well, I was like, wait yeah, a no. second. This couldn't be a Cam Newton. Like, yeah, yeah no. uh, I, this is not a possible. I yeah, thought he yeah. might be going for Stidham or something. Like, maybe he's going to try and make a case for Stidham. No, not at all. Not at all. This is this is terrible news. This is terrible news. This is like. He got I paid. I, I mean, it's great hey. news for Jonah Smith. Yes. He got yeah. paid. He, you know, he's going to, he's going to be, you know, set up. It's, it's actually, I think it's a decent signing for the Patriots uh, too. Like you want to get more pieces. That's, that's good for fantasy. This is a very, very gross uh, deal. Yep. Yeah. I, I agree Josh A Josh. is actually Jay Blizzy, our, yeah. fantasy, our whisper nation champion. So just got to give him a shout out there. Uh, so I think he's dead right, though. Like you definitely try to sell him right now on the hype of like, hey, look, New England doesn't have very many weapons right now. They're planning on using him because they signed him to a good contract. I would like lay all that stuff out and try to unload him because, yeah, that's not just below face value. And face value for Jonu Smith to me is a young, very athletic, up and coming tight end who was just sought after by a very competent play calling team in New England who went ahead and picked him up and is getting him paid. They want him. Yeah. And I think that's a that's a narrative you'd buy, but we all know the production is good. It, it, it's not going to yeah. be there. It just can't be. They just don't have a quarterback. And now it can change, but a lot of ifs are going to need to happen for him to be a top four tight end next year. And I would just much rather take a dice roll on somebody else, but there is hype. He has got a little bit of hotness to him right now. And if you're in Dynasty and you're sitting on him, I trade hype for stability every time, every time. Hype is so attractive. It's so intoxicating. It's a mystery box. It's like, oh my God, he's going to be the best tight end in the game. Gronkowski 2.0, here we come. He's going to be a benchable, waverable tight end. Get him while you can right now. You got drafts coming up. He said, I I also chocolate. He said, "I yeah." He said, "I also have Blake Jarwin. We're big fans of Blake Jarwin here." Yes, uh, I, I think that you yeah, if you could roll with Blake Jarwin and you can try to trade Jonu right now on the hype, I would definitely do that. Um, very unfortunate. That was another guy I was hoping would come to the Cardinals or at least just a better offensive situation to where they could use. And I mean they. They're probably going to use them, but once again, it's like you know my colleagues here said, like, what is the upside, right? Like what. What is the true upside of Jonu Smith going to New England? And it's like, I, it's hard to see. There's very much excitement there at all. 
And that whole situation could change in one offseason. Don't put it past Bill Belichick. The man knows how to work it, and he's not going to want to have a repeat of last year. We know that. So it could all switch, but all we can do is operate with the information that we have right now. And I don't think that information would suggest that Jonu Smith is a viable pickup. Yeah, I would agree with you, except the part where you said they don't want to happen. No, I mean, I I agree. The idea that Bill Belichick is not going to want a repeat of last year, except they signed Cam Newton again. Like, Mm. what are you doing? (laughs) Definition, (laughs) Definition of insanity. Yeah, yeah, like, okay. And then also practice Thank them. You. Like, <laughs> I was going to say on that one thing, the line's like, isn't doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results, the definition of insanity? I yes. thought that was the definition of practice. Yeah. <laughs> although, practice although. Well, well, practice although, is insane sometimes, you know, yeah, like oh, two yeah, days. Yeah, and yeah, it's pretty evolve. crazy. There needs to be improvement in the doing the same thing. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. if there's, can we say that there was improvement from Cam Newton's game and through, I don't know. I, I didn't look at him from that. I mean, his, his wider, like, he had no weapons. Like, eh. he Which had- is because somebody tried to like literally sell me on Cam Newton all year for trading. I'm like, I am not going to take Cam Newton, take your trade, go into the bathroom and flush it down the toilet because I am not going to touch it. And still it was like every day. It was like, I, I will. No. To give Cam Newton a little bit of fairness, he had zero weapons. Like his best offensive weapon was Demir Bird. And... It was Jacoby Myers. Okay, watch it now. Yeah. Okay. But even Jacoby Myers didn't come on until like week. They didn't start playing him until like week ten, and that was yeah. their best guy. He's so still it's so like all, on, all I'm saying. Out of bounds. Hold on. All yeah, I'm no, saying. Uh, all I'm saying is that this team could look significantly different knowing that they have Cam. That defense will be right. a lot better next year, and so they could just say, "Hey, I'm okay with Cam running the ball like he did in the first couple of games." Because if they get a lead, and then with the defense that they could think that they could potentially get back from all these guys sitting out last year due to COVID, it could work. It could work. I'm Johnny, not a fan. You're I'm right. not a fan. It's gonna. But... It's, it could look different. Like this time, it'll really look like Cam Newton throwing. It'll be oh, Cam pause, 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 pause. Yeah, excuse me, real quick before my time runs out. Okay, so remember when I said that I took Russell Wilson way too early and it was in the seventh round? Here's yeah. why. There are still quarterbacks available like Aaron Rodgers. Um, let's see. Hold on. I'm trying to scroll down. Um, I think Tom Brady might be still available. Uh, Justin Herbert did just come off the board, but that's what I'm saying, how you can wait on a quarterback. Go, mm-hmm. go on. Continue. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, but that's I a great point. Thanks for, thanks for jumping thought in. it was relevant for our drafting. Yes, it was. Continue. Um, yeah, I was just telling Johnny, like, it is going to look different next year if they have more weapons. They'll, it'll be a more talented team that Cam Newton can't throw the ball to. Like, that, that's how it'll look different. Like, he'll throw more incomplete passes to a better team. Oh, that's going to be an interesting one. Before we get too far behind, I want to make sure we get caught up on our selected picks. Your stepmom, Lauren, is making her ninth round selection. We left off. It's hard. I don't like these end rounds. This week gets even more tricky. It does. So we'll give you all the time in the world. There's no rush here. I'm going to run it back here. Kyler Murray closed out the fifth. Ronald Jones started the sixth, followed by Leonard Fournette, Deontay Johnson, Raheem Moster, Tyler Lockett, Odell Beckham, DJ Shark, James Conner, Cortland Sutton, Brandon Ayuk, uh, Travis Etienne, Devontae Parker, Devontae Williams, TJ Hawkinson, Deshaun Watson, Doc Prescott, Tyler Boyd, Russell Wilson, David Johnson, Devonta Smith, Chase Claypool, Jerry Judy, Jalen Waddle, Will Fuller. Close out the seventh round. The eighth round began with Chase Edmonds, followed by Devin Singletary, Damian Harris, Trevor Lawrence, Daryl Henderson, Brandon Cooks, Jarvis Landry, Michael Pittman, Kyle Pitts, Pitts and Pittman, that's funny, Alexander Madison, Rashad Bateman, Julian Edelman, Rob Gronkowski, Justin Herbert, James White, Debo Samuel, Hunter Henry, and the she goes with T.Y. Hilton. 
I love that pick. I think he's being slept on pretty late, but in a redraft league, T.Y. Hilton with Carson Wentz could be nice. Yeah, you had asked earlier, Austin, about which uh, free agent signing, and I think it was one of the trade that already happened with Carson Wentz to the Colts. Yeah. I'm really excited to see what that could mean for that offense and fantasy football. Jonathan Taylor, Wentz himself, who had, at times has been a, a pretty decent you know, quarterback, not last year with, with the bad line and bad weapons, but like, can he be behind one of the best lines in football and be a good quarterback again? I know Johnny wants to see that come around. See Carson Wentz have a bounce back here. I want to see it too. I, I want to see it too. I'm not putting money on it, but Godness, that would make yeah. me happy. <laughs> Eric, I think you guys should have stepmom Lauren on more often. She makes her picks fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty good one. Maybe we drop this yeah. down to 60 seconds. The fantasy football or the football therapist. So yeah, T.Y. Hilton is a free agent. Probably won't be back. Landing spot will be key. Yeah, because there's some rumors that that's maybe uh, Indy goes after Juju, and that would be um, – pretty significant so we'll see what uh indianapolis does there uh for weapons but i do think that if there is a potential for carson wentz to bounce back somewhat whatever that means for carson wentz to be you know a winnable quarterback i do think that there is potential there in indianapolis uh going back to his old coach who uh knows what works for him mm. uh but i don't know if the days of trusting carson wentz are ever going to come back yeah like well, I'll, I'll just make it clear like it's not the main storyline i want out of out of indy you know with him going there it's about all what he can do with the rest of the team and, and who could be valuable then and mm. what it means for jonathan taylor and all those things but it will be a subplot you know to see what we can get out of Carson Wentz you know he won't be drafted this year but he may be a, wa- a waiver wire guy or a spot that you're streaming him in mm. Um, mm-hmm. depending on matchup because I think he can be already out of the gate better than Philip Rivers was in fantasy mm-hmm. and so that's a that's a point where Philip Rivers was at least played once or twice last year so what what can Wentz bring to the table by going to to Indy there He's going to have every opportunity in the world, right? He's going to have a yeah. great young running back in Jonathan Taylor to take that heat off. He's going to have other complementary backs who can keep the chains moving from that side of the offense. And then the wide receivers. We don't really know what they're going to be about. Let's go ahead and pretend T.Y. Hilton does re-sign with them. I think that would be a boost for Wentz. But they should. It's a, it's, a, it's a gamble for me, and it's a kind of an exciting one. It's like what is Michael Pittman going to be about? about do we get a pleasant surprise out of paris campbell coming in this year maybe we see maybe we see him with an off-season move who knows um that's gonna be an interesting one from the pass catching perspective but that line should still be pretty good it's a pretty well coached team it's pretty solid it's gonna be a prove it year for carson wentz man hunter henry in the nine and 9.5 905 that's that's crazy where do you want to see? He doesn't have a team. Where do you think he goes? Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. And oh, they just man. came out and said they're they're not going to be going after re-signing Hunter Henry. He is free to pursue other signings. Hmm. Do we need a tight end really bad? Hmm. 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 Cardinals. Hmm. True. What? You I don't, don't have. Any I don't know if we can afford him, but that would be Dan an Arnold. You don't love him? What? <laughs> I, hey, Dan Arnold. Actually, I did like Dan Arnold quite a lot. I thought he was. Uh, he did very good for us, um, and he just had a he little bit too I will cry. Oh, gosh. Seattle's an interesting landing spot for a tight end. Yeah. I like that. I kind of like Philadelphia, too. I know you're a big Godert fan, Travi. They've done yes. such good work with two of them, and like, I just think I'm just not in on Zach Ertz anymore. I think his time is... Oh, yeah. Zach Ertz. Yeah, they're going to trade Zach, him. Zach Hunter Ertz Henry over there 
It'll be interesting, though, to see what Hertz is going to be able to do with dual tight end. Not every quarterback loves tight ends, you know, like not every quarterback is going to be. Now, a lot of the times the system is that way. You know, Doug Peterson's gone. So is it going to be a dual tight end system again in in Mm. Philly? You know, so he's gone or Wentz is gone. I think Goddard could be like a situation. Why didn't I do that? Why didn't I do that? I was talking about that two rounds ago. Vizca Chenault. Yeah. You haven't developed your full potential yet. Uh, your so listeners are very in final form. I know. Your final form, bro. You just haven't. You just haven't matured into who you will become. You know, but that's yeah. exciting, Johnny. Maybe next week you could level up. <laughs> yes. Like that's Maybe exciting. Did. Progress is still on the table there. It's so frustrating too because I wasn't even sold on my Michael Gallup pick, but I was like, okay, like yeah. I was justifying it myself, you know, and then. Just I'm, I'm not sold on a lot of your team, but yeah, yeah well, that's okay. Uh, Whisper Nation is. But, speaking you know. of the teams, when we get done with round 13, we'll have each one of us go through our own squad, give a little outline of why we did what we did. Uh, Whisper Nation, let us know who did the best. Let us know who did not do the best. And then we'll go through the rest of the teams here and do our infamous mock. Where we'll go and do a breakdown of each team. Um, one of the panelists will give their A through F ranking, and then if there's a juxta or if there's a, a significant contrast from another panelist, they will share their words before moving on to the next. The cast pajamas says, "I'd like to see Juju sign with the Patriots for fantasy. I'd like to see him sign with the Lions." I guess actually with the Lions is a pretty good call. We've seen Jared Goff do good things for multiple wide receivers, and mm-hmm. if Kenny Galladay's not there, they don't even have one wide receiver. Right? Like Jones is gone too. Is it Marvin Jones gone? Yeah, Marvin Jones is gone as well. Marvin Jones is such a sneaky producer. There's but. a lot of free agent wide receivers that are available. Yeah. I'm looking, I'm, by the way, I'm looking at a name right now that haunts me. So I'm Who's not that? drafting this player right now, but I is should. It, is it Marquise Brown? Yes, and I'm not going to do Interesting, because you drafted oh, DJ it. Chark, who will be that this year's uh, disappointing player. Uh, oh, my God. Bring some more vinegar, Johnny. <laughs> I'm just trying to warn you. I, like you guys are, you guys are telling me about the Kool Aid, and I'm just like letting you know about the flavor too. Yeah, you man. Know what? I'm gonna go with a, a heart pick right there. Jamison Crowder. Jameson I love Crowder. the Jamison Crowder. I do pick. like that man. Crowder. Why? Why are we picking Jamison Crowder so late? Like this guy has he's not every sexy. year. He's not, but like last year, look at his look at the games he played in week one. Seventeen and a half fantasy points. Uh, next week 10.4 next week 17.6 three games in a row with over 100 receiving yards and he's shown us he can do it he doesn't do it all the time but he's still 27 i love Rashad also, like, Perriman, but he's he, not gonna beat him johnny you said he's not sexy but like he's not sexy for fantasy football like i feel like he could, probably could be sexy you know i'm a decade <laughs> older than jameson crowder you what <sighs> i said i'm a decade older than jameson crowder it's phenomenal <laughs> is that funny when you start getting older and you're like when you start as a kid you're like oh I, i'm no. the same age as these guys i remember watching mtv when i was younger and i was like i want to be so cool and be on one of those shows it's so older and they're like 20 and 21 and now i'm like i have arthritis <laughs> <laughs> you slept on your neck wrong how do i use instagram <laughs> then you get to buy booze too when you're older so that's cool too so that's it is funny how that narrative does change though and evolve like as you're going through sports like you're like wow these people are the same age as me and they're doing awesome things and then it's like pretty soon like you're like oh these people are younger than me and doing more athletic things <laughs> and then, <laughs> you get into that judgmental phase, you're like, more money than i ever will that's right 
Uh, I have a mortgage to worry about, Kenny, okay? <laughs> it's just, and then you start getting all judgy with them. You're like, these guys are, these guys are, these are kids. They can keep going. <laughs> Why are you yeah. I do, I do, I yeah. do get a little judgy sometimes. Like you're holding out for like thirty million dollars. I just need two million. Okay, yeah. like what? Yeah, it, just let that stimmy check it. hit. Like, come on, yeah. let's just let that one come in. Yeah, <laughs> come on, uh. come on. There we are. Um, but I did want to ask. Oh, I just want to bring it up about the Eagles. We haven't. We started mentioning a little bit about the Eagles, and I'm, I'm like. I'm getting so amped by the potential of what the Eagles could be about because there's a lot of new news, if we put it. Um, uh, Philly Chelsea helped me un uncover new news last year. It was like, if you're picking between a guy who you've seen for a couple of years and there's a, a new bag, a new a new mystery box, if you will, go with the new news. You just, you just don't know what could be behind that door. And I'm looking at the Eagles right now, and there's a lot of new news over there that's got me pretty amped. Jalen Hurts was phenomenal to close the end of the year last season. We could get Rieger who coming in as a big playmaking second year wide receiver. They've got actually kind of talented other wide receivers over there too, whether it's Fulgum or we'll see what they do in the free in free agency with, with Godert as well and Miles Sanders. A new coach over there as well. Like could Philadelphia be a real mover and shaker in the NFL this season? Or, or am I just am I drinking that Kool-Aid Johnny was talking about earlier? Am I just getting too excited? But I'm I'm, I'm pretty excited about the Eagles right now. Well, it's interesting. Hertz gives them a ceiling that they probably did not have with Carson Wentz, um, just because of his rushing ability. Um, but you know, I I just I hesitate to put too much. Um, I, and I guess because the division is also kind of beat up, so you could you could say they could have a case to get in. But I hesitate to say that they would be too much of a mover and shaker, just because mm. of all the problems they had last year, lack of weapons, uh, the injury bug that they had, the. Uh, the offensive line issues. And, and those aren't things you, you know, you, maybe you could hit one or two of those things. You're usually not going to turn all of that around in one yeah. off season, but um, yeah, they definitely have a ceiling. They didn't have last year. Jalen hurts is the mystery box himself. You know, he is the sneaky upside guy who was a top 10 play last year. And can he bring them to uh, a new level that they didn't see uh, since Wentz was an MVP type player? Good take. I'm going to switch it over here to the comments, the football therapist talking about Crowder stepmom lauren picked up says he's a sneaky pick do you guys think his value changes with a running quarterback at the jets draft justin fields versus a passing quarterback like zach wilson that's utterly concerned for me johnny you had and travis done a really good breakdown on the impact mobile quarterbacks have on running backs and other pass catching options what's your take right now out of new york do you think they're one going to be looking at a quarterback or is sam darnold their guy and if they do make a move. How do you see that move impacting Jamison Crowder? I would like them to say it was Sam Darnold because there's, like I said, I, I think I believe what I've heard from insiders who have actually like watched Sam Darnold play. And, you know, we know about the Adam Gase effect. Like, I think that that's a real thing. So I want to mm. see him actually get a chance. But at the same time, I can understand where the Jets are. They have an opportunity. And, you know, like you had said, the interesting thing we did do a deep dive into the the you know the rushing quarterbacks and what what that tends to uh, what we kind of think in our mind what that draws up a conclusion to and then what the reality is and the reality is that you know 
when a rushing quarterback, they are actually taking more opportunity away from the running back than they are from the wide receiver. And so in this case, I think that either one will be fine. Now, I am a huge Zach Wilson fan, and uh, we've talked about Zach Wilson a couple times on this show. And so I personally think that if the Jets – are going to go the quarterback route they mm-hmm. need to go with the zach wilson and then which case like i'm really excited about crowder either way because here's the other side of the coin and the reality of it is that crowder is a 10th round guy like i don't mm-hmm. care like i'll i'm willing to gamble on a 10th rounder on those parameters of like a rushing quarterback versus a stationary quarterback or whatever because the the risk is not that that much right Whereas like if you're telling me like a fifth round or fourth rounder, then it's like, okay, I can, I'll take more into account those situations. Whereas like in a 10th or, you know, ninth and down, I'm saying, okay, what is the highest potential outcome that this get? And what are the likelihood that he could get there now? Obviously I'm a big fan of, oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, those are those are really good points, and I want to bring it back to stepmom Lauren here, who did make the pick on Jamison Crowder. And New York has been a team, the Jets, that have gotten a little bit more conversation going. It's a big market. It is New York. Um, it's the gang. It's it's the Jets, but Gase is gone. Um, it maybe is a little bit of a fixer upper. We're talking about exciting draft picks, maybe in Zach Wilson. I know you had also talked last year, stepmom Lauren, about Chris Herndon was one of your sleeper picks. And I only bring it up because he was my sleeper pick too. And I grabbed him in a lot of drafts. Yeah, I know. Me too. I'm right there with you. Okay. I know. And that wasn't meant to drag it through because I took him in the Whisper Nation League. I took him and I flexed about it too. I was like, oh, you suckers. You let him go to the 13th. Y'all are going to hate yourselves. And then it was me who hated myself. But (laughs) I want to know what you think now this year about the New York Jets, the Adam Gase-less New York Jets, what your expectations are for them at the quarterback spot. Do they roll with Darnold? Do they take one of these exciting quarterbacks in the draft? And how does that impact your 10th-round pick, Jameson Crowder, Stephon Moore? I think it's going to be curious under Salah what they decide to do. Is it Salah mm. or Salah? I don't even know how to pronounce Salah? his name. All I know is that he is a beast. Everybody loves him. And I think that they are going to be sneaky good this year. Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to see their growth this year, especially after – walking backwards with Adam Gase. I, I despise that man as a head coach. It's, it's awful. I mean, I don't know. I'm not yeah. him. I'm not his players. I don't – I what do I know? All I know is that it, besides the Bears, it was one of the most boring offenses to watch on football. It was terrible. So they have to get better, in my opinion. Um, even despite that, Jamison Crowder still did well. So – I think, although I have absolutely zero information to back this up whatsoever, I think that Sala is going to stick with Sam Darnold for a year. They will likely draft a rookie, but they are going to let him be on the sidelines until such a time that Sam Darnold proves he cannot stay the starter if that happens this mm. year. So we'll see what, what kind of goes on. Either way, I'm not worried about Jamison Crowder, especially where I snagged him in the draft. So not worried. Mm. I am excited about their opportunity this year um, with a city and a team, I think, that desperately needs an injection of energy. And who knows more about energy than your girl right here? <laughs> That's 100% factual. But Michael P. Ryan, is he anything we should seriously consider in the New York Jets backfield? Or, or is this just a, a, a 
a dice roll to consider later on, or, or is this actually somebody who might have some impact to your team? I think because of his value, absolutely. Why not? I mean, you're not you know wasting these super high draft picks on a guy who could possibly be incredibly productive. So sure, as long as you're not sacrificing a, a piece or someone that you really, really want to go for because somebody else says that he might be a good sleeper pick. But yeah, I think it could be definitely a good option. I, I They're a dark horse this year. I am really excited to see what the Jets do. I like it too. Not a bad defense, some playmakers on offense. It really mm-hmm. seems like Adam Gase. We talk about it every week of the Adam Gase effect. There's just so many players who have also the Jets. Crazy too. resurgence. <laughs> it's true. Like we can give a lot of credit to Gase. I'm not saying we can't, but they are also still the Jets. So I like the hire. I mean, Paul I mean, deserves to be Rex a head Ryan. coach. I like, I like the hire. I would be surprised if you pick up Richard Sherman too. I mean, that would it would fit very well for me. And yeah. when you have just a few pivotal, I'm going to take yep. this. Up. When change you have the culture, pivotal, absolutely changes in culture. It's amazing how things just flow differently because football players are people; they're humans. And I don't know for anyone listening right now if you've played sports in a team setting, you understand just one tiny drop of a pin will change momentum and chemistry for your entire squad. And that can happen with one or two people, especially when there is good leadership. So I am very excited. I I know I sound like a broken record here, but I'm, I'm really excited to see what kind of changes they continue to make. And I'm excited to see what their offense is going to look like and what their defense is going to look like. I think they're, like I said, I think they're a little bit of a dark horse. I got goosebumps right now, Stepmom Lauren. I think that is such an important point that gets dismissed too often because we look at this all as a math problem. And yeah. we really don't. There's people behind these. It's, yeah, yeah. it's amazing. 100% of people change. They develop. They can put their best foot forward one day and not put their mm-hmm. best foot forward the next day. And that has a huge impact on the performances in these games when you stack them all up there. And just a couple of the names that come to mind, you know, when um, uh, Jim Harbaugh, we talked about John Harbaugh, but when Jim Harbaugh took over, um, who was the who was the linebacking coach? Um, I can't win with these guys. Yeah. Um, Mike Singletary. Uh, yeah, Mike, Mike Singletary, Singletary, thank you. I can't win with these guys. Talking to Alex Smith, talking about Vernon Davis. And Jim can't Harbaugh. Can't win with them. Can't coach with the with exact same roster and flips that whole squad right around and they're in the NFC Championship. <laughs> you saw uh, Sean McVay just do it um, in Los Angeles there um, with uh, the worst coach of all time. Who I, God, it makes me so happy that I can't remember. Look at the Buccaneers. Yeah. Well, Jeff I mean, Buccaneers. Yeah. Jeff Fisher. Thank you, Buccaneers. Look what happened. One player switch around. You were, you were. I was watching a. Um, it was on Barstool Sports, but it was they had T.J. Hawkinson on, and they were talking about. Um, and George Kittle was also on the show, and George Kittle brought up, "Oh, Dan Campbell. You know, like, oh, he's you know he had that awesome or that crazy press conference. You know, and even T.J. Hawkinson was like." Yeah, I love like I think his energy is awesome. I met yeah. with the guy and they're like, you don't think he's like a little like wild and out there. He's like, and he's like, not at all. Like he is awesome. And we are going to love him. All the things that we've had, you know, the few meetings that they had, great. Their energy. We're all excited here in Detroit. And I was like, dude, that's cool. Like when you have players like that and that energy is places and sometimes guys just have it just have it and it seems a little weird in the beginning because we're like ah, i don't know if this is going to work out but then they just extra fat 
My husband is a huge Detroit Lions fan. I mean, so when Dan Campbell was hired and he had the press conference, even my husband was like, this dude is awesome. But like, I really find it difficult, like juxtaposing, actually, maybe that is the exact right word for it with like super mild mannered, even keel Jared Goff with like, I'm going to bite your kneecaps off. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, you might need that. that, I don't see that telling because like this could be Jared Goff is like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to bite some kneecaps off. It'd be great. You know, like I can't. He's not the quarterback for Detroit. Ah, anyway, that's just my own little personal thing. But I. Yeah. A lot of people respond to different points, right? Yeah. Like that was, that was Coach Lombardi's big thing. Like some, you just need to know which players respond to what different forms of encouragement. And that's the mark of a real great coach. I feel like he would respond to like afternoon high tea at the Ritz Carlton. (laughs) Talking about philosophy that he sort of studied once in college. Like that's the kind of thing I see Jared Goff doing, not being like scrambling around in the dirt like with, you know, missing teeth and a hockey player. Like, yeah. and I'm not saying that like having high teeth at Ritz Carlton is a bad thing. My mom used to take me all the time when I was 12 and it was one of the coolest things I've ever done, but it just doesn't seem like it's a personality meld. But who knows? Maybe the Jared Goff that he shows in press conferences is actually like, you know, super freaky behind yeah. scenes. Ooh, I don't know, but it just didn't seem <laughs> me- like when I heard that trade, I thought my friend was kidding. I was like, you, oh, that's funny. That's funny. And then it's like, da-na-na, da-na-na. I look at my phone and I'm like, no. You just made me so excited for this dynamic. I can't wait to watch and see what does transpire now in Detroit with these two it's personalities. It's not even like just those two personalities, right? It's the, the city of Detroit yeah. and mm-hmm. Jared Goff's personality too, right? Like you're yeah. going to take this guy who went to Cal, who has a golf course in his backyard in yeah. his LA home, who didn't know where the sun set, uh, didn't you. know what side oh, of the yeah, that's sun right. Oh, and then my Detroit God. is, you know, you're going to be Detroit, Rock City, Detroit, Motor like, City. I cars. What do you yeah. do? He's like, I don't know how right. to install a light fixture. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. Jared Goff definitely has a tesla so does he really definitely. oh i'm, I'm just that was, that was i'm not saying any I want a de- well if you go to detroit it's d-town baby fair like enough, that's american enough. muscle yeah, he's got some hybrid they're, they're bringing everything over to the yeah, yeah they're, they're getting they're gonna fleet. push hybrids yeah, yeah. by 20 by 2030 it's gonna be uh, 2035 right it's a thing it's a thing it's moving it's moving so yeah it's just very gritty i and I'm not saying that Jared Goff isn't tough. He is a tough player. He's a tough quarterback, but he's one of those like strong and silent types. I feel like more philosophical than he is like biting kneecaps off. Like yeah. it's just not, I don't put him in, in Dan Campbell's way of thinking about the game in the same, but who knows opposites attract. So this could be one of the most perfect things. Maybe it's one of those, one of those. It does feel like an introvert. They, they, they can go up. I thought maybe we were doing like a tri-delta cheer from sorority. Are you a tri-delta? <laughs> no, I didn't, I didn't rush. Are you kidding me? I would no, have I died if I was in a sorority. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you, you just, all, you just I ruled it. Catholic all-girls school for 12 years. No, give me You up. just ruled it. And you would have just, you were just overseen and, and won all uh, of the derby days. Yeah. You would have dominated. <laughs> Yeah. As you as we will see how the domination in this mock draft has occurred here. We are coming to the end of our 13 round full point PPR mock draft here with Whisper Nation. Want to give a shout out to everybody. Oops, my bad. Everybody in the chat here who's joined us, man, it has been awesome to draft alongside you. If you haven't liked and subscribed yet, what the heck are you waiting for? Go ahead and hit that like and subscribe button and do us a favor. 
hit that thumbs up button. It allows our channel to grow, reach more voices, bring more people into the fold, answer more questions. And we love to do it. It is legitimately our favorite thing in the world to get together with uh, folks and talk about fantasy football. So uh, join the party, hit the thumbs up button. And not just for us, make sure you're following Stepmom Lauren as well. You can jump to the bottom of this episode's description. We've got all the information there as well as the bottom of our YouTube channel. Um, Stepmom Lauren partner with us. We've got all of her information down at the bottom, but she'll be able to share it with you uh, where they can catch everybody. We're coming to the end of this one. I want to give her a second to, to plug her stuff here before we jump into our infamous draft grade. Stepmom Lauren, you want to tell the folks where they can find you? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, football is coming again draft offseason everybody you can find my work on the fantasy footballers fantasy pros nbc sports edge which is formerly roto world so make sure you refollow nbc sports edge if you were following roto world before um i just figured that out because i've been on vacation for a while and apparently i'm late to the show but you know i know it's gonna be great all of my work is on my website stepmomlauren.com follow me on social media at stepmomlauren there it is there you have it Johnny Game Time Hicks, he is making his last selection of the draft. It's Nelson Aguilar. There we go. It's a pretty nice pick to close it out. Johnny, you want us? You drafted last. You want to give us the first breakdown here? Sure, definitely. Oh, I do want to say thank you real quick to Darius Rice. He asked me or wished me a happy belated birthday. Uh, and I do want to say thank you to all of Whisper Nation who uh, reached out to me and wished me a happy birthday. I really appreciate it. Uh, it was a very humbling experience for me so thank you so much you're only uh, 21 once johnny i know right Give it up, uh, man. Age, i was like shut up i'm way older than you so <laughs> <laughs> right so uh, i came to 112 spot um i took you know aaron jones at the 112 he fell to me we know where he's going now. We like the situation. Finished as a top six fantasy back the last two years. Give me that all day. Uh, I took DeAndre Hopkins in the second round. I generally like to go either wide receiver, wide receiver, or running back, running back when I am in this spot. So I thought I'd switch it up this time and just try to see if I can make an even team uh, and go down and just see how that, that panned out. And I actually think it turned out pretty well. So I, I grabbed DeAndre Hopkins and the third, I grabbed Allen Robinson and David Montgomery. Now I'm realizing I have both a wide receiver and a running back uh, from the same team. So this is fun. Uh, Kyler Murray and the fifth uh, Ronald Jones in the sixth, who I think is a tremendous value. Uh, Will Fuller in the seventh chase Edmonds in the Michael Carter in the ninth, Michael Gallup in the 10th. Then I took a couple of tight ends here, Evan Ingram and Mike Jacecki, which I was really surprised on Mike uh, or Evan Ingram, excuse me, falling all the way to the 11th round. And then Nelson Aguilar to close it out. We'll see where he lands, but there are rumors he wants, they want him back in Vegas. And he had a nice breakout season to get him late is nice. There were a couple of picks I would have really liked to have back. Uh, like I said, the Michael Gallup, I would rather take LaVisca Chenault now. Uh, and uh, what was the other one that I really liked? Oh, the Ronald Jones. I do like the Ronald Jones pick where I got him. However, that that sixth round is very, very nice. Just looking at all the value there. Uh, there are a lot of players that I like, like Deontay Johnson, OBJ, um, Brandon Ayuk, Trav uh, Cortland Sutton. I think all those guys are, are really good values there. Circling back really quick on your comment just there about Deontay Johnson. Casper Jam is a little bit the ghost said if Juju signs yeah. elsewhere, I'm all in on Deontay Johnson. How about you guys? I'm all in on Deontay Johnson no matter what. Regardless. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Big fans of Deontay Johnson over here. 
Johnny, I think this is a really solid draft. If you just take it from the startable positions, you're starting running backs, Aaron Jones and David Montgomery. Nice with some really solid depth behind them. Starting wide receivers. If you got three Hopkins, Allen Robinson and Fuller after that suspension, that's even nice. That's, that's nice. Kyler Murray is your starting quarterback. No issues there. Ingram and Gusecki, you got good depth, good, good upside play there. I got, I got nothing Evan, really negative. Evan Ingram is like the, this is such a great value just on based on his ceiling alone. Mm-hmm. Like I, I just think it's he's going to be one of those guys. If we can get him to stay there, ADP wise, he's going to be one of those guys that's going to be a favorite to try and draft for upside just based on the athletic tight end build that he has. I, I don't mm-hmm. want him to turn into a Jordan Reed, but he has spent the last couple of years trying to be Jordan Reed. So yeah. hopefully he can hit the ceiling that Jordan Reed was never able to. Uh, but I love Ingram. You're getting him so late here. You're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. Evan Ingram sucks, so he should fall <laughs> further. Yeah. Oh, no, you're wow. right. You're that's right. how no, you keep him right. low. Not hyping him yeah. up. Being like, I yeah, hope you can being like, he's worse than that. Garbage. Garbage yeah. all day. Yeah. Well, you know, not all of us have the Twitter the Twitter power you've got over there, Stephen Moore. I can't, I can't control ADP like you can. I, I can only yeah, just say true. what I say. <laughs> Yeah, I'd be super bumps. nice if I could, though. Oh, I yeah. would mess with the world. It'd be bad. The, the stepmom Lauren bump or the stepmom Lauren push down. Yeah. It's real. It's real. It happens. And let's find out who now is going to be a part of the stepmom Lauren push up or push down here. What is it? What is, hit us what you got. Tell us about your draft, stepmom. All right. Um, like I said earlier, Alvin Kamara was a no brainer first round for me. I would take him at the 101. I understand people are a little concerned with Drew Brees being gone. I get it. I'm not. Um, I love him, especially in a PPR format. Give me Alvin Kamara all day long. I love Austin Eckler to round out my two starting running backs. Love it, love it, love it. Especially, again, we're talking PPR. Um, Mike Evans, take it all day long. Mark Andrews, I'll take it all day long. I couldn't believe Chris Carson was still available, so I snagged him too for the consistency that I need. I I mean, Chris Carson, like you said before, Austin, I think is really underrated. So I really like that. Um, DJ Chark, because we were talking about him and I love him so much. I just wanted to make Johnny mad. So I went ahead and put DJ <laughs> under him. And you did. We trying to do a reverse psychology thing and take him right after me. Um, <laughs> I thought was a little early. Like I said, I wasn't, it was kind of paying attention to more talking than I was drafting, but I'm okay with Russell Wilson here. I usually subscribe to a little bit later on the quarterback. For example, the Matthew Staffords, the Ryan Tannehills, those that you can wait super late in a redraft, unless you're talking about a two QB league or a super flex though, then it does. That's not the same. So just so everyone's aware of, maybe you're not familiar with that. Um, I really liked where I snagged some wide receivers. I would like to redo my T.Y. Hilton pick because I completely forgot that he's not even with the Colts anymore. Again, more talking, less paying attention. Um, but Jarvis Landry, Jamison Crowder, and Darius Slayton, um, three awesome op- options that I have there at wide receiver three, which I really like. Um, I also couldn't decide between Darius Slayton or Sterling Shepard, so I ended up getting both of them because I auto-picked my last one. I don't mind that. Because if one of them is going to go down, I'd much rather have his backup. And when it's that late in a draft, it's okay if something like that happens. I'm really all right with that. And then I'm going to have pieces that I can trade. Now, a lot of people are going to be looking at me like, what are you talking about, Marlon Mack, Stepmom Lauren? That's absolutely ridiculous. If he gets traded, I want every single piece of Marlon Mack that I can. If he stays in the Colts, okay, not awesome with Jonathan Taylor there. But at the same time, He's going to be my insurance policy, so why not? And it's in the, what, 12th round? Yeah. There we go. Gimme. Love, love the upside here. This is like insane upside with Kamara, Eckler, your running backs, Evans, DJ Shark, Jarvis Landry, just all through the roof there. I do like this team. Andrew's I huge upside, too. I export this into all my future leagues coming up. I think I have like 15, so I'm just going to save this and export it and then win next year. 
This is a fun one. <laughs> I like it. So I love all the conversation too, working through all these pieces. This is like, this is making my drafting better from what you did. All this <laughs> one, so. And would you say that to all the stepmom, Lawrence? That's so <laughs> John, you want it, or Big Travi, I think you you went at the one one spot now. You want to yeah. break that on your Which I think is yeah. one of the hardest places to draft from, by the yeah. way. I, I experienced a little bit of, of that in this one for sure. Uh, I had a good run of weeks that I was drafting pretty well. This is not one of my favorites over the last couple of weeks. Uh Pressure sorry, got to you. Pressure got yeah, to I wouldn't you. I wouldn't go that far. No, I mean that's <laughs> not about the pressure. Uh <laughs> CEH uh, was my second pick. I really like the bounce back projection for CEH. I think another year in the offense, that particular offense, that particular quarterback. I know Johnny wants to talk about Damian Williams being signed back and, and all these things that could happen uh, uh, with that. But I, I think CEH is the guy they want him to be. Uh, he just had a rough rookie year, and that happens. Uh, Michael Thomas, Adam Thielen, I thought these were two value picks. Michael Thomas at the beginning of the third. Like, I, I could not believe Ew. he was sitting there in PPR. I love that. Um, and then Adam Thielen. And then I went Josh Allen. I didn't think I would get Josh Allen since I would I would have to take him here because of the turn situation. So, you know, to Stepmom Lauren's point, you know, when you draft at these ends, a lot of the times you're going to have to reach on a guy uh, that maybe you could get, you know, at his value uh, if you were in other spots in the league or in the draft because you're waiting 24 picks uh, in this case till your next pick. So, But I love Devontae Parker in the six. You know, Johnny mentioned all the value in the six. I thought he was one of those guys that was huge value in the six, Devontae Parker with a fully – healthy year can do some big things. He's, he's mm. put some good stuff on tape. Javante Williams is one of my favorite rookies just based on tape alone. Obviously we don't know landing spot, but we've talked about this on the show. He reminds me of Kamara light. He's, he's very good at balance and breaking tackles and, and set an, an ACC record as snap fantasy podcast. Let us know a couple weeks ago for broken tackles. So we like that. Uh, Julian Edelman, huge value just based on what happened last year with Cam and his age and the health. But Julian Edelman is consistently a PPR machine if he's on the field. So I will take the the value of, of taking him there in the eighth. Uh, Gronk, Marquise Brown, just going for some upside. I actually wish I could have the Gronk pick back, but I think a, another year in with this football back body under him, he's going to score touchdowns. I think he'll be fine there in the ninth. Uh, Marquise Brown, just upside purely alone. I think we talked about how DJ Shark could actually help Marquise Brown um, as an upside wide receiver, uh, Tariq Cohen, I think he's getting slept on. If he's, you know, if he comes back healthy, especially in PPR, they're going to mix him in. Um, he's a talent. And then Logan Thomas, actually, I got to give a shout out to Jay Blizzy because I was waiting for Robert Tunyon here. Like that was going to be my pick. That is Jay my Blizzy. first pick of your entire draft is that where you got Logan I, Thomas. I am so jealous well, because I love him. I would take all the credit, but Jay Blizzy, our, our Whisper Nation champion, was like, hey, just take Logan Thomas now since I couldn't get Tunyon. So I took him because I obviously didn't. He looked kind of buried there. Um, but Logan Thomas, yeah, super value. I mean, that guy got it done, and it didn't matter who the quarterback was. So, And then Henry Ruggs. I think uh, people are also sleeping on Henry Ruggs, just yep. lack of volume last year, lack of opportunities. This guy is still a first-round pick that they're going to want to get the ball to. First wide receiver how- taken. Yes, and 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 fastest wide receiver in the draft. Yeah. So they 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 want to use him, and we've seen it before. Uh, I think they want to get him going. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think all in all, I liked my team. It, it just wasn't the I didn't hit home runs every pick like I, I had been doing the last couple of weeks. But I think it's pretty good. Oh, just real quick, um, the fantasy. I'm sorry, the football therapist. Good point. I misspoke earlier about Marlon Mack. He's a free agent. So no need to sign. Yep. Bad. Thank you. I actually just got done talking about him last week on a free agency. So, so you'd think I would remember this, but no. 
he could, and I, I love that spot too because he's 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 still young-ish. He's got a year off. If he did recover and comes into a team that could use him, he could actually be a very running back coming in. Right. As you said, Stephon Moore, and where you picked him up, like that's a great, great dart throw here. And Travi, to round out yours, I love the Henry Ruggs pick. We've been asking a lot of folks who their sophomore wide receiver pick is. Very few, actually nobody, has mentioned Henry Ruggs, but I think that might be a little bit of a mistake, at least as a late flyer. As you said, fastest wide receiver in the draft last year. He was the first wide receiver taken off the board in the actual NFL draft, and he did show some flashes. He just didn't really have a ton of opportunity. Maybe that's because he wasn't creating the opportunity. Maybe it's because the Raiders and John Gruden and Derek Carr don't really know what they're about yet. But nonetheless, great late-round flyer again for somebody who can take the top off and score a touchdown on any single play. So I'd like to see that. Show Austin taking their tops off. What? (laughs) This ain't your dad's fantasy football show. As I'm I'm drinking. (laughs) As we go. So let's go ahead now and go. We went backwards uh, doing our our breakdowns. Let's go forwards now. Big Travi, you just want to keep the momentum rolling here and pick up the news. And then we'll get stepmom Lauren to pick up Captain Bob's. Uh, Johnny can grab Jay Blizzy. I'll grab Reed Tyler, and then we can start it over with Travis to start off for Mark. Yeah, the news with going the all-sophomore team, but it actually doesn't look as bad as it could. I mean, Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, Justin Jefferson, T. Higgins, CeeDee Lamb, and Justin Herbert, all-sophomore, Jalen Rieger, all-sophomores here. So, uh, But I love the talent here. Obviously, Jonathan Taylor is, is ballooning up draft boards, at least that we've done. You know, he started at, as the end of the first. Now he's going inside the top five. So we will see if the Wentz ADP shift is going to keep him in the top five or what will happen there. But I love it. DeAndre Swift, you know, uh, Johnny shared some some – uh, blurb and, and and puff pieces on DeAndre Swift this weekend about, you know, Deuce Staley saying this is a guy that, uh, you know, is an all-around back, can be on the field all the time. So I love that. Justin Jefferson, look at this trio of wide receivers, is so dangerous mm-hmm. um, both ways. It's dangerous and upside-wise, but then if these guys take a step back, you're going to be with a, a wide receiving core that's going to be a little bit dangerous there too. But Justin Jefferson, T. Higgins, and CeeDee Lamb, all studs. I'm excited to see what happens here. I think that this team... You know, he, he continued on. TJ Hawkinson's a great pick here. Um, Zach Moss, I thought, was a great value on the 11th. Could he be a better running back next year, which I think he can be? Um, and then Justin Herbert in the ninth, I think, is a, is a fine spot to take him. You know, I would personally probably take a Rodgers over Justin Herbert, but I don't mind the pick here, um, and, I, and I love that. Uh, I love what Herbert put on tape last year. Uh, but what I was going to get at is I think this is a B minus. I think this a, easily could be an A team. It could definitely just dominate. But I think that it could also the bottom could fall out a little bit here uh, yeah. just based on these guys are very young and they have not put a lot of tape out. So we really don't know if their great years last year are exactly what they're going to be. Uh, but I think it, it belongs in the B category just based on build and what we saw last year. Yeah, volatile on both sides of it. It's going to be a fun one to watch. Yeah, progress. Yeah. Um, I want, we're going to go ahead and jump in and let stepmom Lauren take the next one. She is going to have to run on this one. So she's going to go ahead and break down Captain Bob's, uh, give us our final goodbyes, and then we'll take the rest of it over from there. Well, listen, Captain Bob, um, I want your team <laughs> is basically what I'm throwing out there. So he's got a couple people that I love here, except for one player who's garbage, Joe Mixon. <laughs> Yuck. 
Hate him. Um, anyway, AJ Brown, I love Robert Woods. I absolutely love. And you have Terry McLaurin and you have Brandon Ayuk. Those are like four of my favorite players in the NFL. So that by itself has already earned you an A grade in my book. Um, Deshaun Watson, I think, is a little bit early on QB again, but I am a wait on QB kind of girl. And I'm also not sure where Deshaun Watson is going to be or what he's going to be doing this year. I'm a little off on him that high, but I understand that if you do believe in him, that's where he's going. So if you're willing to pay that price and pay up for him, then go for it. Um, You have Alexander Madison here that you got in the eighth round and your starters are Dalvin Cook and Joe Mixon. I don't hate that because you have your insurance policy just set up and ready to go, which if you're a Dalvin Cook manager, making sure you have Alexander Madison on your team is usually the thing to do, and you waited all the way into the eighth, which I think was a pretty good move on your part too. James White, I love in PPR. We'll see what happens in New England, which is like a hot mess. Who knew we would ever say that ever in a million years, that New England is a hot mess, but there it is. Um, Christian Kirk, I also do love. And sleeper alert that I, I keep forgetting about is Irv Smith. There's no Cal Rudolph anymore. So I love right. this super duper late pick at your TE. I think it's pretty, pretty fantastic. Um, all in all, I think I'm going to give this an A minus because I love your wide receiver so much. Mm-hmm. And I think you did. I think that play with your Irv Smith really, really late was super sneaky and I loved it. A minus for me. All right. That's Bob. Bob. Well done, Bob. Stepmom Lauren, thank you so much for joining Whisper Nation here. Uh, it's been great to draft alongside of you, as it always is. Mock Draft Marathon, Mock Draft Mondays, whatever it might be. You can catch Stepmom Lauren's channels at the bottom of the description in this channel, as well as at the bottom of our fantasy page on YouTube. Uh, Stepmom Lauren, it's great to have you. Any closing thoughts, anything you want to share before you go? No, thank you guys so much for having me. It's a pleasure. This is my first Mock draft of 2021. Boom. My very, very first getting the gears back. I had to like yeah. put some oil in it in here and like, you know, like we're kind of squeaky there for a minute, but it was fun. I, I love doing these. So and good luck, everybody, this summer. Come find me if you have any questions. Come read my work. Come talk to me. I don't really mean to sound very desperate right now, being like, I need friends, but I like friends and I really like to talk about fantasy football. So come say hi, stepmom Lauren. Please do it, guys. When If you ask us a question, we just ask her the question and then regurgitate her answer back to you. So yeah. you can just cut the middle man out here, hit up Stepmom Lauren yourself, do everyone a favor here. Bye, everybody. Thank you for Bye. joining us. Thank you so By much. the way, Matt, who you're listening, your YouTube avatar, go St. Louis Blues. Let's go. Oh, yeah. He was there mad because he said there I was a, a Lamar hater. A Stanley Cup replica right here in the back. So go STL. Where did you go to high school? Comment below and they'll tell me. I went to this. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That was All awesome right. having stepmom Lauren on. Always yes, is, it right? Is. Very fortunate. Uh Jay Blizz, we've got our Whisper Nation listener champion who does the what he does. Johnny, you want to take it over here? Sure. Uh he ta- he took Saquon Barkley at the 104. Saquon's gonna be the big question of Marcos to where he goes uh all all year up until you know your draft. He'll be kind of uh, a question mark as to whether that knee will take him takes him at the 104 don't mind it uh cam Akers in the second jk dobbins in the third to kind of sure up that running back room there uh took kenny g cooper cup Cortland sutton uh, as uh those middle tier wide receivers i really do like kenny g and Cortland sutton 
especially depending on where Kenny G goes. Uh, we have to remember what this guy was like when he was healthy and he is a dominant wide receiver. So I like the trio of wide receivers got there. He took Dak Prescott in the seventh, Kyle Pitts in the eighth. Um, I'm not a big fan of taking Kyle Pitts this early and I'll break that down in just a second. Why? I think that uh, Debo Samuel in the ninth. I really like that pick Tom Brady and the 10th. That's a good quarterback spot. Um, Kenneth Gainwell in the 11th, Robert Tunyon in the 12th. I like that pick as as well for a, a tight end and J.D. McKissick to close it out. You know, you took Kyle Pitts with the eight eight oh nine. I like the, the Robert Tunyon pick at the tight end, but with Kyle Pitts, he is a uh, a rookie tight end. And I know that his uh, I've, I've watched some of his tape. I'll dive even more into it. But it, it is generally known it has taken a while for all of these tight ends. I don't care how good you are. I mean, look at um, TJ Hawkinson, who should be look that next. Kittle. Yeah, I mean, look at Kittle. I mean, yeah, it's. Just- it's if you just look at, I think the, and I'll have to look this up. I mean, it could be off the hip, but just to make your point uh, even more clear here, Johnny, it's like the yardage for rookie tight ends is super low. I think it's around 500, the re- the record. So like, they're not going to do a lot in their first year, no matter how good they are. Yeah, and exactly. And like you're saying 500 uh, yards and you and you, we know how skilled some of these tight ends have been and for them to not get that now. Anything is possible. I just don't see it for Kyle Pitts. So I'll be passing on Kyle Pitts a lot because that's where he's probably going to go. I think that uh, Jay Blizzy took him at the spot he's probably going to need him to. Uh, if, if you really are a believer in Kyle Pitts, I just would have went probably in like another running back position. Um, you know, Alexander Madison, um, maybe uh, I even like Zach Moss that went a couple of rounds later uh, just to sure up your running backs there. But overall, I would give this a... B plus. I, I like that yeah. one too. Go ahead, Trevor. I like this team. I think it's, it's pretty solid. I, I, I probably would be about a B plus as well. Um, just the wide receiver depth in, in a league where you're starting three wide receivers isn't really there, but mm-hmm. um, the, the starting wide receivers, I really like a lot. So yeah, right. Like Kenny Galladay, Cooper cup, Cortland Sutton. We know all three of those have question marks, which is why he didn't take one until the fourth round. But he went with guys who all have a pathway towards wide receiver one, high-end wide receiver two production. And he's got a very confident, stable running back there. That's pretty nice. And then Dak Prescott, we know it's a little bit of a risk, but you got him there in the seventh. I like the mm-hmm. upside on this one. I agree with the Kyle Pitts comments too. But Jay Blizzy does what he does. Looking forward to drafting with him for reels again uh, coming up mm-hmm. later in August and keep getting better. Got to get that still. championship back from him. Yeah, that's right. Reed Tyler here in the fifth. I will take this one over. He took Devontae Adams, first wide receiver off the board, and Patrick Mahomes there in the second. So a uh, mini upside down, if you will. Miles Sanders is his starting running back number one. Took him in the third. Chris Godwin is the second wide receiver. A couple of other running backs here in Kenyon Drake and James Conner, followed by Tyler Boyd, Michael Pittman. His tight end to start is at least Hunter Henry, Marvin Jones, Tevin Coleman, Joni Smith, Cole Beasley. Patrick Mahomes and Devontae Adams alone are going to win you a lot of games. but And I think you probably make the playoffs because of that top. But I don't think you are a have a threatening team or one that's poised to go far. If I look at who your starting running backs are, Miles Sanders and Kenyon Drake, Miles Sanders and James Conner. Um, Miles Sanders very well could be a part of a timeshare this year. We got a new coach. 
Um, we got a whole offseason ahead. We don't yet know what Miles Sanders' role will be. I think he's probably a good, safe pick, and I like it there in the third. But then as your second running back would be Drake or Connor. Both of those guys might not be starting running backs. Um, love Devontae Adams, but Chris Godwin as your number two. I'm just not over the moon about a guy here who is the number two wide receiver. Mike Evans is still over there. I would have preferred to see Keenan Allen. There wasn't a ton of stuff ahead. And if Chris Godwin is your boy, I get it. So I won't hold that one too far against you. But then Tyler Boyd or Michael Pittman, it's, it's just a little bit of an underwhelming squad. The upside really comes from Devontae Adams and Patrick Mahomes. And there's not a lot of other big upside players the rest of the way down. So um, the floor is all right. I think you do make the playoffs, but I think this is a team that most folks are comfortable playing with. And then they lose that week to you. And they're like, how did I lose to Reed Tyler this week? It's like, well, because he scored more points than you with his 97 points every week. <laughs> um, so I, I, I give it like a B. It's a, it's a comfortable B. Maybe, maybe a little on the B minus, but just because of. Yeah, it's like you want to give it a C, but like with the top heaviness, I don't yeah, think you can. can. Like, you, yeah. I don't think you're capable. And not that I want to give it like Reed. We love you, Reed Tyler. But yeah. just based on what you think could happen with this, because it's not the safest way to draft. But that yeah, fifth, I think sixth round, gonna... that fifth, yeah. sixth round gave me a little bit of a concern there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, B80, like an 83, 84. Yeah. All right. Because but you big Travi here taking on Mark. Oh, Shue. okay. I'm sorry. I, I didn't jump in there. Uh, Mark Shue 27 was new. I just want to give him a shout out. New this week. He What's uh, up? Told, everybody, told everybody in the sleeper lounge that they can friend him if they'd like. He'll join any mock. So we're glad to have you. Uh, he started with Tyreek Hill, then went Antonio Gibson, Calvin Ridley, Amari Cooper, Melvin Gordon, OBJ. Um, up until the seventh when he took David Johnson, I really loved this team. I, I think this build was done really nice round to round. Went upside with Tyreek Hill and Gibson, but then followed it up with more upside in Calvin Ridley and Amari Cooper. And then I thought Melvin Gordon is just a steal in the fifth round. I yeah. thought about him over there at the beginning of the fifth, and I thought this was a great pickup, especially mm-hmm. you know when you're going to go and take a chance that Gibson is going to be who he put on tape, then you've got a guy like Melvin Gordon who's going to give you 13 points a game. You know He's going to give you that. He's going to do the dirt work for your squad and so i think that's great me and johnny were sharing some clips back and forth of obj's rehab process how good he looks running right now so i love that obj pick especially the value if we thought we were getting obj at a value last year you're getting him an even more of a value this year after the injury which is really great um, to see and and austin you astutely talked about him maybe looking from the outside in and being able to um you know learn that he was you know needed to be playing team ball there and that could actually benefit him in fantasy as well so I think this team's well put together. I would, you know, Jalen Hurts is a nice late round QB with huge upside. Uh, Brandon Cooks is probably going to be the only guy over there, like Ryan Weiss was talking about last week. Naheem Hines in a PPR, great pick in the 10th round. Dallas Godert, I would like to see you take one more tight end, but I love Dallas Godert as your tight end here, just huge upside. Um, this to me, guys, I, I'm, I'm having trouble finding a hole. Um, I guess you'd say running back depth. So for that reason, I would say, you know, B minus B B I, I, I'm going to give him a B. I think this is, I think this is a good squad. I'd even push a little higher. I like, I yeah, like I'd it a little bit more. Yeah, I'd go the B running plus. back depth is there. Yeah. But, and maybe if he had another quarterback, you know, I love Jalen Hurts. Yeah. And I think that's fine. But if he did have like a Matt Stafford, or a Joe Burrow, even somebody. Yeah, I mean, who, this this trio of wide receivers is nasty in a PPR. That upside you're and the floor is good. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's just I, I'm gonna I'm actually gonna switch. I think I think I think it's a it's a B plus for sure. And I like Melvin Gordon more this year than I did last year. I think Melvin yeah. Gordon's actually gonna have a good year coming up. Um, I think that's especially a, a with strong not, RB two. 
especially not having those that three game suspension now uh, because he got his sent, sentence reduced. I I think I see Melvin Gordon to go up in drafts, but I, I like the value got him. I'll go ahead and take Jacob Blay. Oh no, no, no that's you. That's you, Johnny. You're next. Okay, uh, I'll take Jacob Blay. Uh, Derek Henry in he's Jacob Blay number one fan. Uh, took Derek Henry in the first. James Robinson in the second, George Kittle in the third, then DJ Moore, Juju Smith, Schuster, Tyler Lockett, and Devontae Smith in the seventh. Then you grab Daryl Henderson, grabbed uh, Aaron Rodgers in the ninth as his quarterback, has Tony Pollard, A.J. Dillon in the 10th and the 11th, Matthew Stafford in the 12th, and then Michael Hardman in the 13th. Um. AJ Dillon is going to be an interesting piece. Now we were for so long drafting him thinking he was a yeah. tremendous value. And now it'll be interesting, interesting to see what that split is. Um, I like, I think this team is very, very solid. I think I would go with a, a B plus with this. I have a couple of question marks. Um, I mean, every team has question marks. So um, obviously I'm wondering what they're going to do with the James Robinson fan. I think we made our, our voices pretty clear that we think James Robinson will be the guy next year. Some things came out as that they might try drafting a running back. So we'll have to kind of wait and see with that pick. But as of right now, I really like this team. I think, you know, having Tyler Lockett or uh, wide receiver three is acceptable because now you're, you're able to swing for that upside or, or have that upside in yeah. for Tyler Lockett. And if it doesn't pan out, you have James Juju in a PPA a PPR point uh, where that'll get you enough points from those. But I would put this as a B plus. I might have it a little lower than a B yeah. plus, but I think by this is one of those teams like it's not its best form week one. I expect this team to yeah. be its best form like middle of the season, you know. And if he like, God forbid something happens to Cam Akers, Ezekiel Elliott, or Aaron Jones, but if something does, he's got some banging handcuffs to then yeah. get a RB one that emerges. My pause comes from the wide receiver upside. I love the DJ Moore. But then Juju Smith-Schuster and Tyler Lockett to me are both kind of in that unsexy lower ceiling situation right now. Um, but I think this is a really solid team. I think the floor is really, really high for Jacob Blaze's squad. I think he's in the playoffs. I think he beats a lot of teams. And I think he has the ability to improve his squad throughout the year. I, th- I think this is one of those teams where like we're going to rip apart on draft day maybe or just not rip apart, but like not like on draft day, but like wins the championship and you're not yeah. surprised because like they're just the gritty team. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> Easy daddy for me. Uh, he starts off with the 1 9, going Nick Chubb, followed by Travis Kelsey, Julio Jones, and Jamar Chase. Okay. Kareem Hunt, Raheem Mostert in the fifth and sixth. Chase Claypool. Trevor Lawrence is the starting quarterback. He's going for some fun rookie plays here. Darnell Mooney, Chubba Hubbard, Corey Davis, Carson Wentz, and Adam Troutman there. Tight end to close out the 13th. This is back up with Kelsey. So if I look at his starting running backs, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. I love that he got the handcuff there. We've talked about this extensively. Kareem Hunt, you can play with or without Nick Chubb active. And then if one of them goes down, you've got a, a – they each take a little bit of a bump. Maybe not Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb is doing his thing no matter what. But I don't I don't hate that stack at all. And then Raheem Mostert, if he is healthy, he is the starting running back. He's got a, he's got mad physicals. People, people sleep on what um, – 
Raheem Mostert is about. But if he does maintain that starting role, that's a very, very good pick. Um, Chase Claypool is going to be in his sophomore season. We saw a lot of explosive playmaking ability out of him, especially in the end zone. Juju Smith-Schuster being gone, you expect will help that with some vacated targets. Trevor Lawrence is an exciting pick, but I'm still not excited. I don't, I don't need a starting quarterback to be a rookie. Um, I'd rather take Matt Stafford. I'd rather take a Ryan Tannehill. I'd rather take an Aaron Rodgers. Jalen Hurts, all guys who went a round or two or three or four later, but it's sexy and we're in a mock draft, so have, have at it. Um, Darnell Mooney could be a, a – I like that sleeper pick. I think he's going to do well. Um, I think it's a nice bump up. Um, Corey Davis, we talked a lot about him last week too with Ryan. Um, don't hate it, but I just don't think you're going to actually love the pick. I don't think he's going to be as an explosive sleeper pick as we might hope. Um, same thing with Carson Wentz. So when I look at the starting running backs, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunter, most are not starting wide receivers, Julio Jones, Chase Claypool, Jamar Chase got a rookie. It starts to skid a little bit. Best tight end in the game, but then the quarterback, you're a little concerned about that too. I Love the tight end, and I, li- I like the running backs, but I'm a little concerned about everywhere on the rest. I got. I think I'm going to go B minus, actually, for this one. Um, not surprised to see if it works out, but you just need a lot from your quarterbacking position, and I'm, I'm not stoked on a rookie or Carson Wentz right now. And then the wide receiver gives me some pause as well. When you got three wide receivers, you got to start. Yeah, I don't have much to offer otherwise. I, I agree with that grade. I mean, I just think you could have done a little bit more to make up for the top heaviness of it. And you, you and, and then a big place to do that is at QB, and you weren't able to kind of make that up there. Really like right. this All right, big try. Uh, therapist. Uh, yeah. All right, we'll go FB therapist. I'm in here. Ezekiel Elliott, uh, then Stefan Diggs, followed by Najee Harris. As Austin was saying, that's the first rookie off the board in this draft. Darren Waller, Miles Gaskin. Uh, looking better for him to remain the guy with Aaron Jones signing with the Packers there. So we'll see what they do in the draft, though, as well. Uh, Deontay Johnson, Jerry Judy, Damian Harris, I thought, is a sneaky pick in the eighth yeah. round to, to bring back some some real value there. Robbie Anderson we talked about with Ryan Weiss last week. Johnny's favorite pick of the draft here, LaVisca Chenault in the 10th. Mm. Um, Ryan Tannehill, Gus Edwards, Joe Burrow. I love this team like this. Mm-hmm. This to me, obviously, there's a little bit of questions at running back, but I think Zeke is a value. I, I think the more we talk about it now, I think Zeke is going to be a value with Dak Prescott back. Um, I think he's going to be a guy that we're going to actually like uh, what happens at the end of this year. He's going to kind of regain a little bit of form. Stefan Diggs, Deontay Johnson, Jerry Judy, and then the depth at wide receiver after that, I think helps him a lot. Um, Darren Waller is going to give him a positional advantage, especially in PPR a lot of weeks. Um, and then Miles Gaskin was really, really good when he was on the field. They gave yeah. him the ball, and he did good things, and he was very underrated. So could get a shot back there. Um, I'd say the, the running backs aren't as sexy as you'd like, um, you know, especially in a PPR. Najee Harris and Zeke kind of are the traditional running back. But um, I think it's okay because he makes up for it in other areas. And I love the Tannehill pick, great value. And then the upside of Joe Burrow even too late. Um, yeah, yeah I, think, I think probably B. Uh, right around the B area could shoot for B plus, um, but the running back situation, the depth kind of shoots them a little bit lower for that. Yeah. Deontay Johnson and Jerry Judy show up, mm-hmm. especially that takes this team a really scary one. For sure. All right. All right. I will close it out with bro. Cal 38 drafting at the 11th spot. Took DK in the first round. Uh, Josh Jacobs in the second Lamar Jackson in the third Keenan Allen in the fourth 
I like that those first four rounds a lot, but then he grabs Todd Gurley and then Leonard Fournette in the fifth and sixth. Um, is Todd Gurley even going to play football this year? I, I'm not sure if he will. Um, that'll wait be interesting. See. Yeah, wait and see. Uh, Jalen Waddle at the seventh spot, Devin Singletary in the eighth. Uh, Tylen Wallace uh, in the ninth round then took a trio of tight ends, Noah Fant, Tyler Higby, Zach Wilson, and then took Sam Ellinger uh, in the 13th round. Uh, bro Cal 38. Be nice. I I know. I, uh, I, <laughs> oh, I'm so glad he had the pregnant pause there because Austin had an opportunity to tell you to be nice because you were setting yourself up for some damage on Bro No, Cal I wasn't. No, I was going to say, I was going to say, I appreciate you uh, drafting with us. Okay. Um, okay. We do. We do. But I, I do think that this team would struggle uh, in the regular season. I just I, I don't know where the upside plays are. Right. Like there's no upside in Todd Gurley to me. Uh, Leonard Fournette. Now that could be interesting. After depending the on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, after the fourth, like I have a lot of questions and generally like the questions aren't upside questions good. like yeah they're, they're not good questions because i'm wondering where the upside is that's the only problem do i think that you'll be able to win games certainly lamar jackson dk will and keenan allen would be able to do that for you uh but i think overall it might might struggle a little bit i do like what you did at the end here with grabbing the three tight ends noah fan tyler higby and zach Ertz. i'm not a big fan of zach Ertz. uh i i don't think he has any left in the tank, but I do like the idea of grabbing three tight ends uh, or two tight ends and um, taking a dart throw. And I think Noah Fant and Tyler Higby are two tight ends that I am intrigued by uh, this year. So overall, yeah. I'd probably give you a C plus. Yeah, I, I, I got to concur with that one, but yeah. we're glad you joined. We're yes, very glad you absolutely joined. glad yeah, you keep joined. sticking with us on this one. Yeah. I, like, I really do like the first four picks. I think there's really high yeah. upside in those. Todd Gurley is 26 years old. That sucks. What? He's 26. Wow. Yeah. He's Mostert's 28. In running back years, we've got him at like 50 just because of yeah, that. Yeah, no, That's the that age I thought. In my mind. Right, Johnny, were, me and Johnny were talking about that. Johnny said, man, we just kind of, as an industry, we bail on guys really fast. You know, like the turnaround is really fast, especially the running back position. And he's like, Who's the last one you can think of you did that with? And I was like, Todd Gurley, man. Back-to-back years was number one, and then all of a sudden the arthritic knee, and we're like, we're done now. And we saw we're a lot breaking of him doing work, but it was all from the goal line work that he was yeah. picking up, and he wasn't – his yards per carry, you, you needed him to get those touchdowns. And now he lost the job at the end of last season and coming in this year. Wait and see. Yeah. Whisper Nation, that's the end of this mock draft. We did it. Let us know who you thought won the draft. We'll be posting this up on Instagram as well. Make sure you like and follow and subscribe to catch not only the daily content coming your way to help you get ready for the season, but the drops to the sleeper rooms, invitations to other events that we're doing. Um, We're going to have a lot more exciting content coming up during the offseason. We want you to be a part of it. So we don't want you to miss out on any of that. Easiest way to make sure you're in on the loop is to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel as well as Instagram and Twitter. Um, We'll be dropping links and content coming every single day for the most part, building up towards another fantasy football season, another mock draft marathon, um, and some really exciting events post-pandemic. We're really, really excited to be participating with y'all. And uh, Johnny, Travis, final thoughts? Uh, 
nothing. <laughs> I don't have anything. I will say I one. Blanked. I will. I will double down on the final thought, and I will say. I wanted to say one more time, thank you to every single person in Whisper Nation that uh, reached out and wished me a happy birthday. It really meant a lot. And we build this uh, community for you guys. And it's awesome when uh, you feel warm and welcome community. So thank you guys so much. I appreciate you. I had a great birthday. And yeah, that was. Love you, Johnny. Love you guys. Thanks to Stepmom Lauren again. Thank you, Whisper Nation. Yes. For the Fantasy Whispers. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Whisperers podcast. You can hear more from John and Travis on Google Play, SoundCloud, and iTunes. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at TF Whisperers.